what got fuck? What's the uh, what's the place in the Matrix? That's not the Matrix. The Homeworld. Oh yeah, Fucking the last Zion. Like, yeah, the, the Zion. last Bastion yes. for humanity. I was like, you got your Zion. Is that the vibe? On. Yeah, kind absolutely. of. Yeah, no, I like it. I got the ancient ripped um, <laughs> sweatpants on, which actually ripped for my convenience because now I have <laughs> access to a a much safer pocket. Um, it's a little sketchy, and yeah, this is my. Uh, I don't know why Lawrence Fishburne is the one I imagine more in this shirt. Oh, one hundred percent than Keanu Reeves. You know, he was one of the. Uh, first pioneers of the the black man with the tight fitting thermal you're so right um it's a good look for him oh absolutely um if you're a fan of black men and thermals and you're a <laughs> fan of the house of comics podcast i'm chris and i'm alex and we'll be talking to you about comic books and all comic book related entities across me oh sorry across all mediums and spectrums uh <laughs> If this is your first time tuning in the show, you should know that we break down the pod into three main uh, segments. First segment being filler or crisis, where we break down news um, and we label them as filler, things we can breeze through, or crisis, things we have to talk about. Next segment will be our topic of the day, today's topic of the day, which we have not talked about before, um, prior to this. Hell yeah. But we have talked about it prior to this. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're going to build up some more hype for our end of year oh, you know, 2020 nomination kind of deals. And uh, I figure we just kind of talk through some of the parameters, some of the categories, and just trying to like you know spitball you know some um, some stuff about. Because uh, I think we both have a kind of an idea about how it's going to go. I mean, it's a typical like. You oh know, yeah. The 2020 uh, year and kind of stuff, but I feel like we kind of want to do some some other stuff with it as well. Um, so we see what the what will stick from there. And our third segment is, of course, the book review, where we let you guys know what we've been reading and we recap and uh, discuss. Uh, the literature from the previous week. Nice. Yeah. Uh, first like on plan. the. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> so it sounds like a plan. First on the news uh, was, of course, uh, the Matrix. Oh, this is sangria. <laughs> I thought it was water. You put sangria in here. Uh... Well, I put it in there a couple days ago. Oh, nice. <laughs> so okay. old, sorry. Good old <laughs> room room wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was confusing. Nice. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're both awake now because <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> you good? Woo. Yeah, I'm here, dude. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of the Matrix, yeah. uh, Warner Brothers uh, Studios Industries, Warner Entertainment, um, has decided to end the world. Pretty much. Basically, uh, at least the world of you know entertainment, movie entertainment as we know it. Um, if you guys are unaware, uh, Warner uh, Media announced that in the year of 2021 every warner movie that was supposed to come out in 2021 essentially some i think that weren't even supposed to come out in 2021 yeah, some that were supposed to come out this year right yeah, yeah. um will be coming out in theaters in 2021 but also will be premiering the day of on the hbo max application for no additional charge wild huge clearly a crisis clearly i mean on <laughs> such a level too yes oh yeah like it, it, two things immediately came to my mind one money isn't real no no you not know, for that nothing too big to fail oh yeah nothing has ever mattered this this officially proves yeah 100%. um two was what is the on top of the uh, like on the uh opposite side of the money not, not real thing what is the like financial losses of a, of a decision like this great question because i was thinking like dude like 
multiple of these movies, I would say maybe most of them were billion dollar potential, if not billion oh. dollar guaranteed films. Oh yeah, at the very least, if we're gonna include Wonder Woman there, which we should, which we should, Wonder Woman, Dune, and Matrix. Yep, I would put Suicide Squad e- in that near a yeah. billionaire bracket easily, uh, easily, yeah. easily. So yeah, I mean this is huge, and it's gonna, the ramifications of it are already being felt. Oh, the, like yeah. I think it's Lionsgate is one of the producers who was working on the Dune movie. Yeah. They're suing Warner Brothers. Oh wow! I already, didn't, I didn't see that. I saw this hours ago. <laughs> that wow! They're, they're suing them regarding the the decision to release the film the same day on their app without getting their permission. Wait. That's right, folks. <laughs> That's right, folks. You heard People it make first. bad decisions <laughs> all the way up the socioeconomic <laughs> ladder. Dude, that's insane. <laughs> Madness. I didn't read it. I was like, I don't want to. Wow. They literally said we would rather let it burn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they'll be the yeah. They'll be the emperor of the streaming services, even if it's just the ashes. Yeah, like literally, 100%. dude. Yeah, we, 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 we will win this war. Yeah. Crazy. And I mean, it's a huge play and it's a direct <laughs> shot, not across the bow, but into the heart of Disney Plus. Oh, absolutely. This you was know? exactly who this was aimed at. Oh yeah. You know, Netflix and Hulu obviously caught the the side swipes of an implication like this. Sure. But they still got the TV shows. At the end of the day, they're going to end up being relatively fine. Yeah, they do. Um, but something like this where it's just like very clearly like IPs versus IPs mm-hmm. and then new releases versus new releases and how you package those two things together, like I don't I don't know how this is even measurable, you know. It's crazy. It's ins- like, especially off of the back of the Mulan thing. Oh, 100%. The live action Mulan movie premiering on Disney Plus a- uh, app for $30. 30 bucks yeah. for a middling, you know, live action remake. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, it's dragging this fight into an interesting place because Netflix and Hulu already. They have their, like, whatever, their Netflix originals, their original films. Right. And you don't pay a surcharge for those. Right. And then Disney thought they had the IP penis size. Right. To thrust it in your face and say, you're going to buy Mulan. Right. You're already paying $15, but you're buying Mulan, too. Right. Now, Warner Brothers is telling you, look, we have just as much IP strength here. Mm-hmm. And we are deciding that if you come to us, if you spend your money here, you're getting a better bargain for what you're doing. Yep, absolutely. It's direct. At a base level, yeah. At a base level, you are the 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 Warner Brothers app, the whatever, the HBO Max thing mm-hmm. is now through the roof in value compared oh, to yeah. any other streaming service in my opinion. 1000%. Like literally based off the fact that which other one could offer you you being able Not, to see dude <laughs> the literally. day it comes out from the comfort of your couch. It's bonkers. <laughs> it's and insane. That's, and that's one other huge thing is that like we can talk about this is a comic books podcast. Of so we can talk about you know Marvel versus DC and the Warner Brothers films you know on HBO app versus sure. Disney's Marvel stuff. But dude, you cannot tell me, and no one can tell me that when you throw in stuff like The Matrix, like Dune, th- this comparison, those are like actually like insane cinema pieces of of movies. Like, yeah, dude, I don't uh, I don't necessarily care about uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. No, when uh, when the Matrix comes 100%. out, hundred <laughs> percent. This is that is huge. These are these are massive movies, and I mean, everyone knows we were barreling towards Dune being, you know, 
Oscar nominated this and that. It was huge, the, impressive cast. Oh yeah, it was that movie that had already won everything. One hundred percent. Yeah, we knew it. It had the pedigree with both Den- Dennis Villanueva mm-hmm. and Timothy Chalamet and all the Oscar Isaac. It was too much. Yeah, it was sure so amazing. Is in there as well. Yeah, yeah. She is in there. The the, the names go on forever. Insane in that movie, and so it's just it's a very big shot in the sense that's like we can do the comic book stuff too like here's suicide squad but then also here's a movie that like people outside of the comic book sphere are really going to care about it's it's undeniable yeah so it's a wild wild thing to see Mm -hmm. and it makes me worried about theaters because i love going to movie theaters well but you know that's actually going to kind of lead me into my next point we talk about the ramifications of this and i feel like our particular industry of choice, the comic book industry, we now realize that we've already felt that hit. Like, obviously, the, the shavings were small compared to the losses that are going to be felt when the movie starts to, you know, release on the app. Yeah. But it's very clear that that, like, this factored into the things that happened over at DC. Because how how could it not when oh, the, the plan was very clearly to, <clears throat> to jump onto this boat if things with COVID didn't clear up? 100%. It's got to be. There's that. Oh, yeah. The subscription model, generally speaking, is free money if your content cadence was already high enough anyway. Mm -hmm. And so and that's where you have problems. People like Netflix, who I don't even know that company exists. It it barely does. (laughs) It does, really, though. Their content cadence is like breakneck because their fan base is ravenous as hell. Disney's the opposite. Yep. Disney's like, here's that movie you love from 60 years ago. I hope you like it a lot because you're going to watch that only that forever. Watch it again. Watch you know, it again. literally <laughs> outside of the Mandalorian. I mean, where are those Marvel shows? Where are the other Star Wars shows? They're coming. Where dude. is everything? They're man? coming, dude. COVID, Why dude. Are we here? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I know we talked about this before, but it it gives credence to what we said when they rolled out those those uh, layouts of those Marvel shows. I'm like, dude, these are literally just logos. They don't have they don't have these oh, shows yet. <laughs> roadmap. Yeah, yeah. The road the roadmap. I'm like, yeah. None of these things even exist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you took the second worst thing from video game industry, and then you made it your own. Congratulations, film. Good work out there. Uh, speaking of the second worst things, uh, filler crisis, Deadpool co-creator Rob Liefeld returns to Marvel after his high-profile exit many moons ago. Interesting. Definitely interesting. Potential crisis. Yep. He will return to Marvel to help celebrate the 30th anniversary of Deadpool. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, wait. I guess his official exit was only over a year ago. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. But I guess it was explosive. I didn't look into the details of that uh, because, you know. Oh, okay. It was a high profile t- tweet declaring, so this will be my last original cover for Marvel for the foreseeable future. After doing 100 covers for the last few years, I'm taking a pause. I'm also continuing any, um, not continuing any interiors, blah, 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 something about G.I. Joe, yada, yada, yada. I'm not sure why that was so high profile, but yeah. So he will be returning. Well, this doesn't feel like a big deal anymore. My bad. So this is clearly yeah. a, a filler. My, <laughs> and I definitely thought it was a much longer period of time that he had been absent. Yeah. Because, but, I mean, I was I guess I was equating that with uh, relevancy. 100%. <laughs> yeah. That's way more likely. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's. That's just this industry. You know, people go back and forth. I learned about something new that a, a mainly a primarily DC creator did at Marvel every day. And vice oh, 100%. Versa. Something that the Marvel cats do that was a DC thing. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. So it's not too shocking there. Right. I mean, he's a big enough name that oh, it definitely I, I could mean, be. Yeah. 
He's so, one of the ones, one of the image, you know, seven. Yeah. Um, obviously Deadpool co-creator. Yeah. Um, infamous feet, non-drawer, of course, one of the yeah. pioneers of that art. Love it. Uh, but yeah, in- interesting, interesting story. Nonetheless, uh, shout out to Deadpool 30 years strong. Uh, hopefully yeah. we'll get that third one because, uh, I actually do very enjoy those films. They're fun. Um, let's see. Okay. Here's, we got the, the big news from, uh, the comic book industry. I don't know if you saw this. There was a uh, online convention. I'm blanking on the name over it. Uh, the, it was not received well um, from the <laughs> shocker. Yeah, from the Twitter live tweets. Of course, uh, very rarely are they. But we got some big news about the comics. Filler or crisis, and I'm gonna kind of gloss over this a bit. But all of the creative teams from DC's Future State lineups, or mo- not actually all, but most of them, will actually be starting ongoing series for those same characters in March. Very interesting. Right? Right? So, the question has to be asked. What the hell is going on? Nobody knows. One, literally, on a month-by-month basis, we're like, this isn't a thing. It's a thing for two months. It's going to be a thing for two months and then forever for some things. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. Dude, this is just... This is the kind of thing that only happens in 2020 because in this year of our Lord, we have now the ability to create an iconic figure of DC lore just from seeing her image. With a hashtag. With a hashtag. Yeah. So hashtag Yara. That's the nature of it. You know, and not to shit on her at all or whatever. I'm sure that'll be great. Oh, I'm she's sure, gonna be fantastic. I'm sure a lot yeah. of these are gonna be really great. But people already like quote unquote like them so much how would they know they don't have a clue like what does that even mean I don't know what does that mean <laughs> yeah, exactly. what does it even mean exactly like, we're setting a extremely dangerous precedent it, it really on, is like how we like just create things like just put them in the sphere of like comic books and I don't want to sound pretentious or snooty about this because this happens in like all form all forms yeah. of media of course but like even then let's let's extend it to all forms of, of media or, or art even to say like if we're literally just putting something out there to, to see if it sells and then we start peddling it as if it's something that we actually believed in, you know, like it's there are ways to do that where it seems genuine. There's ways to do that where it's obvious that you were forthcoming about how you're testing something. And there's ways yeah. to do it where you looks like you're pussyfooting around and then saw the tweets and then decided that it was something that you should do. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's just strange. Uh, a one thing that's kind of tangential to this, but still parallel in mm-hmm. some ways, is I just found out about Rosario Dawson as and her casting as Ahsoka in oh. the Mandalorian show. They cast her because of the fan outcry to ha- just have her be Ahsoka. Wait, there was uh, like really there was like mock up art, dude. What? And she looked good, and I saw. I remember seeing. I was like, I mean, this I'm looks sure really it looks good. Fantastic. Yeah. This looks really good, and I get it. You know. And so, but literally, that pushed her to start pushing for it. That that was like conceived throughout the fan base, dude. That's wild. We're on very little or shaky grounds, dude. That's like, you know, people talk about how crazy like the Snyder Cut is. That's crazy. You man. know what I mean? Like, literally, just have like the Twitter sphere tweet something into existence. Yeah, you know what it's I a tulpa, mean, dude. <laughs> It's happening everywhere. Tinian. Gates. Right. Uh, who was the other one? Uh, Spurrier. Oh, Simon Spurrier. 
Look what they did to you. Look what they did to <laughs> my boy. They did to you. Um, but yeah, like it's it's one of those like one of those things because we were at as soon as we heard about the future say stuff. First question we asked, why do I care? Why does this matter? Yeah. Second question we asked, these are such cool ideas. Why don't you just do this? Yep. <laughs> And here we are. <laughs> here we and are. The reason was because we didn't hit the amount of social media response yet. We had to hit 10,000 likes. Dude, that's literally like what it feels like. It's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, that's like, what it feels like. It's you as the editor, as the fucking executive. You have to be able to say, yo, Stephanie Phillips and Riley Rosmo on a Harley Quinn book, that's money. We yeah. should just back that. That should yeah. just be a. That should start in January. Yeah. Not whatever the fuck in in January, February, and then it starts starts in March. Yeah. Like it's, like imagine starting the brand new year with all these creative teams you've been talking about that yeah. are actually going to be having a, a whole story for this whole year. That's crazy. It's <laughs> who would thought? <laughs> That's a great idea. It's so frustrating. Why? But now we got to start ten years in the future, and then go back. Let's see how we got there. Maybe at the end of the uh, year. I'm, okay, I have had just about enough <laughs> of that. You, I know you read the cat bat, right? Oh, I read the cat. Oh, I read dude, the cat I'm bat. sick of <laughs> jumping around fucking timelines, man. Every single book today, <laughs> jumping around timelines, man. Cut it out. Also, speaking of the cat bat, real quick. Can, uh, oh wait, no, I don't think we talked about this. Oh wait, never mind. We'll talk about this another time. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, uh, some of those creative teams, of course. Um, I think uh, yeah, the Green Lantern uh, creative team, which was Jeffrey Thorne, and I'm, I'm blanking on the uh, the artist. My apologies, but they will be continuing a Green Lantern like core ongoing series. Um, Gene Yang and Ivan Reese will be oh. doing a Batman Superman ongoing series. So That'd that's fun. Absolutely lovely. We'll also like to say I got dangerously close with that when saying you did. You do action action comics. Yeah. Um uh there will also be a Teen Titans Academy book. Also dangerously close to something that we both spoke yeah. about. Um I'm what was the creative team? Tim Sheridan and I'm blanking once again on the artist one. Let me look up that actually. Oh shit, yeah. Tim Sheridan and uh Rafa Sandoval, who's an incredible artist. So um we'll definitely love to see him draw all those characters. And um that's gonna be a book about um the OG New Teen Titans, quote unquote. So I'm assuming, you know, Nightwing, Starfire, Cy- Cyborg, Raven, Beast Boy. Beast Boy yeah. um, they are essentially starting the Teen Titans Academy. And <laughs> I hate to talk about the time thing again, but the future state stories that we're getting in January, February will actually be examining the destruction of the Teen Titans Academy. Perfect. And then in March, we will be getting the. The beginning, <laughs> the, the, the origin stories, and then the, I guess the ongoing that may or may not end in what we already saw in January, February. Very confusing, very exciting, very sexy times. Um, over at DC, they continue to dominate the uh, the social medias. Uh, it seems that's been the has been the goal all year. They said yeah. we don't know if we can sell the books, but we can get the tweets. That's fair. Oh, uh, real quick uh, on the uh, book selling tip, uh, DC also announced that the Wonder Woman 1984 variant covers that will be uh, supposed to accompany the books when the movie was released. Obviously, won't be able to make it in time for the release of this one. They'll be coming in January. 
Gotcha. Well, that's not surprising. Of course not. Just put the whole year off, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, that is it for the news, unless you uh, let you had anything. Cyberpunk's coming out. Oh, yeah. I Speaking tried, of yeah, yeah, I saw some early tangentially into counter-reads. Yeah, I saw some early reviews for that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a mixed bag. Kind of shockingly mixed bag, yeah, honestly. I mean, yeah, well, I feel like it's the time, man. It, it is. They, they pushed it off. Um, they kept pushing it back. I mean, that's a game we could spend a whole segment on, to oh be honest. Oh, gosh. The, the crazy. Oh, dude, there's a whole lot of layers to that. There's game. a ton of it. <laughs> But it is wild that here we are, like seven or eight years after its initial announcement, yeah, and wow. it's, a, it's incumbent upon us. It is, it is <laughs> near, it is near. The end is nigh. Yeah. <laughs> Cyberpunk is coming out before 2077. Well, we can put the memes nice, to bed. Nice. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> well, we'll put this segment to bed and move nice. on to our topic of the day, our year in hype cast not the actual year in nomination we're just building some hype for it um so i just want to start with the obvious stuff what should the categories be well first of all the parameters okay i was thinking that because well, I, I kept going back and forth because I, I kept confusing myself when i was trying to make a list of of books to be featured in like year of 2020 stuff yeah so <clears throat> my thoughts were if the series began or ended in 2020, it can be considered. What were your thoughts on this? I'm I'm okay with that. Okay, what were you thinking? Like only if it started in 2020? It's difficult to be honest. That's what I was those, that's those, what I was saying. It's tough lines to draw. Because there was there were things that literally there was a uh, Olympia was um the one that like uh, caught my um my attention because the second issue of it came out in January of 2020. Ooh, you know what I mean? That is interesting. And that happened for like a couple other books. Yeah, that's very true. I think that generally speaking, that we're, that's an okay rule to have. Right. But I think an exception could be if it is a second issue or something like that. Or if right. it's early enough on and it just had that one or maybe two issues in the previous year, gotcha. we could lump it forward. Especially since this is our first one we've ever done. Right, of course. So it only seems fair to do something like that, you right. know? Because that was the other thing. Because then... We get into the pool of nominees because that's what now we're just talking about the the size. Yeah. So if we obviously if we just start from things that started in 2020 on, it's obviously a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, but then it'll probably be a bit more accurate and more more fair. I'd rather do it like that anyway. Yeah. Gotcha. I think that the it's not worth doing a year end list if we're just gonna clunk it up with a lot of things that weren't necessarily super relevant to this year. Gotcha. You know, or like, I think that the best kind of year-end lists or, or like a summaries in general mm. are the ones that are wide-reaching in their and what they um, pull together, mm -hmm. but very accurate and very analytical in how they do it. Okay. Right? So like, we'll let's let's have it all come together in a big pool, but right. then let's hard set like. This is 2020, gotcha. and this is how we remember 2020. Gotcha. We know these comics were integral to the existence of 2020. We'll see, for good or bad. We'll see. There, I had this exact same thought, which mm -hmm. which made me go back to things that began or ended in 2020, because there were some books whose impact we didn't feel until they ended. Like That's very true. When they were collected in trades and then finally read. And then we're like, oh, this is pretty awesome. For example, I know no one was talking about these Savage Shores last year. Sure. But people were talking about it all throughout this year, even though it ended at the end of 2019. Mm. 
Well, that might be something to consider. Right. But I do I do think your idea, keeping it all in 2020, is more like... I, I'm, I like the accuracy of it. Yeah. And I like having us kind of having to dig maybe a little bit deeper into the things that came out in 2020 and yeah. maybe uh, rediscover, resurface some things that kind of got on the back burner, maybe due to things that we still remember from the end of 2019 that carried over. Yeah, I think it would be important, especially if this was something we were going to do, you know, like into perpetuity here, right. to set out and say, hey, we want to do a really good analysis of this year, mm. so let's try to confine ourselves somewhat. But then I think that your this was more impactful ending here being right. brought together here and being put out here mm. is cause I mean, you could say some stuff like that for like, um, like with Sandman with, oh, uh, well, yeah. where they, where they made the audio of it, uh, yeah. the audio book of it, you yeah, know, great point. That's a, that's a big deal. That is a, good that's big a big deal. deal yeah. happened here. That yeah. book's like 30 years old. That's yeah. Actually, yeah, you know? that's a fair point. So like, I think that it's, it's something to consider and I don't think it has to be super stone, right. but I think we should start there and work, for sure. Off of it. It should be the rule, and then we find the logical exemptions. Right. Well, this goes into my next question. Perfect. How does that tailor to ongoing series? Tough. Also really tough. So, for example, can Gideon Falls win anything this year? <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Can something like, uh, can Power Rangers win this year? Because it ended and began, but not really both. This year? I, I think, okay, there's a way kind of around this Okay, that I want to do. I would say that we should have the, this. I mean, this is all subjective, clearly. Oh, of course. But I think that we should have a series of things that are new to us 2020. Okay. Okay, you know? yeah. So it's like, I never read Gideon Falls before 2020. Mm. So I cannot go back and say this was my previous book from 19 or 18 right. or whatever. Right. But I can say now that this is one of the best books I have read this year for sure. Gotcha. So maybe there's some leniency in a, a new to you kind of category. We have a category, yeah. 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 Well, a that category. was my other thing. Categories. What, 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 what is and isn't a category? Great question. So, best new series, best limited series. Best ongoing mm. series is are those things too derivative? It's a great question. I I think that they they are and they aren't. Right. They are in the sense that it it's inevitable that we'll need them. Of course. You know, like we have to create those. So I I guess we do some of the trite ones like that, but then we should definitely try to inject some more unique ones, some more creative ones that we probably won't see all the clickbait sites do. Oh, yeah. Well, that'll go into our next part where we talk about, you know, uh, I was going to have, you know, we talked about this before. Most pointless tie-in. That's a favorite. That that had and in 2020 was the year what of a, events. What a contentious oh, category. Like seriously, like the the, <laughs> the fact that there are so many contenders is truly appalling. It's it's wild. Like dude. and and you, we can take it one of two ways. It could be most pointless in the sense that this quite literally had nothing to do with the with the rest of the series, or yep. most pointless in the sense that. I kind of really like this, and I hated the uh, yeah. <laughs> the rest of everything else. A hundred percent. So what was what was really the point of this? A hundred percent agree. Yeah. So I think that you can have those those categories that are almost like a little, excuse me, a little overlappy. Right. As long as we have enough, the fun quality stuff. fun ones. Oh yeah, yeah we'll definitely there. have the fun stuff. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Um. 
one that I want to talk to you about um, just a little bit right now because I feel like this could be a potential you know whole topic. Uh, we've actually kind of done it in the past. Um, next member of the big three or potential big four member because obviously mm-hmm. you had DC, Marvel, Image. I think we both consider the big three. Who of the indie, indie publishers is like kind of tilted to jump into that sphere? Ooh, that's interesting because there's like there's a couple different ways to look at it. Right, you know? exactly. There is that pure comic book sales. You know, mm-hmm. like who's actually making big splashes there? Mm-hmm. There's that dipping into multimedia. Mm-hmm. You know, moving into TV shows, moving into movies. Like who's doing good with that? And there are a couple people doing really great. Oh yeah, and absolutely. making some big moves for next year. Yeah. So I think that that would be a really great topic, um, yeah. and one that we could talk about a lot because we have pretty diverse um, lots of uh, of indie books. Oh, when absolutely. We come to it, yeah, yeah. 2020 was definitely the year for the the indie expansion for it sure. Is yeah, books that aren't image. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, for, crazy yeah. actually. Yeah, for for us and for the industry, yeah. like it's. I don't I don't I really don't know what it was. I was just kind of this maybe this unified sense of empowerment. Uh I don't know yeah. what what triggered it, but it literally felt like every publisher made a concerted effort to say we're going to put new series on the shelves. Yeah. And they're going to be pretty pretty fire and all of us, every single one of us are going to draw fairly big names and if they aren't big names, they're going to be big by the time the series is over. It's so true. And that happened for essentially every single publisher this year in one way or another. It did. And the names are all over the board, man. Absolutely. Huge names that I would never think. Like when you think about like Tinian and stuff, you could you would assume he could safely get whatever length series and whatever he needs on and an image title, right? right? But he ends up going with Boom a lot, right? Yep, yep. So it's like got two what, boom books. What's going on with that, man? Yep. Um, it, Tom Taylor also with the boom book. Exactly. So like is what they're offering so attractive to mm-hmm. these huge profile artists and uh, and creators? Or is it just that they want, is there a control leverage there? Or is it like a future sense thing? Or it's like, if I build these people from the ground up, mm-hmm. I can be like those big cats who started Image. Like I can be, I didn't found this, but right. I can make it a big deal. Right. You know, is that what they're going for? <sighs> All I know is that they make money moves, dude. They like, do. Like they, they get the big dogs. And between that and the Netflix deal, which could be what is attracting the big dogs this later half of the yeah. year. Um, but yeah, they they're definitely definitely up there. I will probably say them and uh maybe Aftershock. Aftershock, um, Vault, honestly. Yes, and, and Vault was gonna be the other one. Yeah, um as, like as far as like just pure amount of books we were reading, yes. Vault's been like insanely high on both of us. Disturbingly lists. high. Weird, weird shit, man. Yeah. What a time. And um then Aftershock on the other end, uh has purchased their own multimedia company. Yep. Um so I mean we haven't we haven't yet to see what's gonna happen with that, but you know, a lot of a lot of wheels turn a lot of things in play in this kind of, you know, little brother indie publisher game right now. Yeah, who will be that fourth contender to the to the publishing throne, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. Well, obviously have to have the um, creator categories. Sure. Um, I want to try, I, I also want to try to figure out how to make these fun as well. Like, uh, 
I was thinking the obvious one, like sad boy of the year. But how do we Love. not give that to the to the king himself? Oh, dude, know? impossible. You know what he, I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, here's how we do it. We we call it the Tom King okay, Award. The Tom King Sad Boy of the it's Year the Award. It's the Tom King Sad Boy of the Year Award. We can't give it to him because it's the eponymous oh, title, dude, right? Shit. So we have to have someone who is who's reached new levels of self loathing. Okay. That is worthy of Tom King. That's good. So I like that. Yeah, I like that I think, a lot. I that's think that's nailed a good it. way to go, right? Yeah. I love that too. <laughs> Yeah, I think we could do the standard, you know, favorites, you know, writer, artist, colorist, and then start, and then maybe creative team overall. Right. Like that, and then get into some weird stuff. Yeah, totally into that. Get into some some of the funnier, memeier things. How did you want to talk about visual things? Because one of my ideas was best variant cover. Love that. Because I know we've been dipping into that a fair amount this year yeah. as well. Um Maybe we'll post on the gram. Maybe we'll um, maybe that's a good pre- idea. Pre pod, we'll uh, get our our variant choices together, post them on the gram, and uh, see if we can get some some feedback, some response from the fans. I like that idea a we'll lot. Try to tailor that into the into the show in some way. I would love to do some fan category stuff. Oh, like that'd be that. great. Just kind of do some like light polls. Yeah. See if people like to have have its own section. It's also, somewhat related to that, I would love to have. Either in on the session or okay, I, recorded separately. Well, you're in my head, dude. Yeah, the some boys, yes. some of our gang, yes. whether it's like Ross picks or Dave picks or Camille and them, like Haiti, they need to be involved in this somehow. I want them to do the nominees. I oh, want them to read off the nominees so for the categories, dude. That's good. Isn't that awesome? I love that idea. I love that idea so much. All right, so that's also locked. That's hard locked in there. <laughs> You've been volunteered, friends. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I hope you guys are uh, listening. Yeah, so you can get that. <laughs> you're ready. Uh, but yeah, I feel like we built enough hype. If you guys are hyped up for the uh, House of Comics end of year cast now, then I don't, I don't know what, what more doing? we can possibly give you. Like you goofballs. You go- yeah, you nerds. You nerds. <laughs> These nerds. Uh, speaking of nerds, we'll get into what the nerds are really here for. The real nerds, at the at the very least, the books with Ayo. the comic book review. Now I have a I have a secret book. That oh I will, yeah, that's that, right. I'll save for last. Well, I know we both read one of these, two of these. I read Batcat. Okay, so you want to start with Batcat? I'm down to start with Batcat. Both Cat. read it, and we can go from there. That makes sense. Totally. I mean, oh, actually, I'm, yeah, it makes perfect sense because then I can go into the other King Baby. Gotcha. Oh yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So, Batcat, Man, Woman. This is from the group. This is from the sad man himself, Tom King, Clayman, and Tamu Mori. This is from the group. This is it, dude. That's good. So, how much of Tom King's Batman run did you read? I read about 30 issues of it, like the first initial 30 issues. Same. Then I stopped, and then I like read like the things people told me to read here and there smart move yeah i did not i read <laughs> and then i stopped um so i had i'm coming at this from kind of a stranger angle you might be better informed here okay were you aware that we were gonna do a motherfucking mask of the motherfucking phantasm comic here? oh yeah holy shit yeah yeah that- that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, no, it's sick. No, yeah, because um, it had been uh, in the previews for the covers. He had been on all the covers and then some of the art. Yeah. Unreal. 
Yeah, I totally get how you could can just consider that as Clayman, because Clayman just been posting it, so um, it could have just been like, oh, just Clayman doing, doing some cool, things. yeah, massive phantasm shit for sure. One hundred percent. And um, you know, I'm not well inundated in the world of the of right. social media, <laughs> right. so I when I saw Andrea uh, Beaumont show up, I was like, what? Sick? Excuse me? Very sick. Excuse me? No, this is. So many things I liked about this. Oh, so many. Yeah. The, and it, the book worked so well. Oh, yeah. I am, like, really excited to see how this is all going to go forward. Yeah. It also... So, I didn't know this was going to be about, necessarily. I knew Mass Phantasm was going to be involved, of mm-hmm. course. Um, I did not know that this kind of mystery element would be so heavy into it. Yes, which like, I love. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Um... Tom King loves a loves a mystery this year, man. Dude, he really That's, is. Was that four, three, literally four? <laughs> well, it's just like it's it's good storytelling mm-hmm. and it's also easy storytelling. Like if you want, if I want to keep you here for twelve issues, mm-hmm. I'm gonna come out the gate saying this guy's dead and who killed him, yep. you know, or this occurred and who caused it, or or this happened and why did it happen? Once you have a big mystery in place that hooks an audience, then you can hang all the smaller personal moments on and those mm-hmm. smaller moments they become really the backbone of the story 100 but you're not willing to dive into those smaller moments unless you have a big sexy hook True. you know and we have the biggest and sexiest of hooks right here <laughs> good lord are you just talking about the sex and the there's and so the, much dude, sex a this. lot of sex um and speaking of the sex which i was a fan of clay man yeah kill, killing the sex scenes dude okay this joker Okay, that joke is sick. Hyper awesome. This has been the year. Okay, okay. I category. Was this, okay, Joker yes. outfits. Oh well, there's only two. This and the Jorge and Jimenez. Yes. Oh, dude. Uh, beach the, Joker. Okay. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> right. We'll duke it out. <laughs> we'll duke it out. <laughs> but yes, the sex. <laughs> uh, Boy, howdy. The Clay Man on another level. Um, in this in this first issue, but <laughs> as many things I liked about this issue. Tom King wasted no time in reminding me of the things I did not like about Tom King's Batman. Fair. Most notably, the dialogue for Batman. It is weird. Why is he autistic, dude? Like, dude, 100%. <laughs> like, I don't why know. Is he, why does he talk like this? Is it just, like, the torturedness of him? or like, the... and, and I get it. You want to be as far removed as Snyder's Batman and Tynan's Batman as possible right now. And they both, you know, have very, very different narrative structures. Uh, and this has always been Tom King's Batman, so I guess I shouldn't even say that because this is this has very much been <laughs> Tom King's dialogue for for the bet from the get go, um, from the back go. But boy, does it continue to be off putting? <laughs> yeah, pretty strange. And it's interesting now that I'm thinking about it. There is not a lot of Batman conversation no! or Batman in general in this Batman Catwoman. Book. He looks at her and goes. Uh, I, I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. Ah! I love you, bitch. Right, literally. I never stop gonna love. Never gonna stop loving you, bitch. It's. It feels so weird that there's way more romantic tension between every other group of human beings in this than between Dude, Batman and Catwoman. Right. Like Catwoman is literally on the bed in the lingerie, and I'm like. Is does Bruce okay. even know? Is he so aware? What are you doing? What what the what was that? What is what are the real quick fan service for you? So is that what that was? If you guys are not aware of what we're talking about, there is an implication in the book where it seems like Catwoman is having some sort of 
affair with the Joker. It's pretty weird, right? It feels so weird. It's pretty weird how that is. But, you know, maybe it's going to lean into, because I hadn't watched Mass Phantasm in a long time. I actually rewatched it today. So oh, I'm prepared nice. for this, right? <laughs> Amazing. So it's awesome. Yeah. I don't know how young I was. Holds up. Perfect. Flawless Batman movie. Okay. But also, <laughs> I think... Is there a chance that maybe they're trying to do the whole, like, in that movie, it's implied lightly that the Joker is one of those henchmen right. for um, for Beaumont's... So are we doing so, that here, well, too? So the thing is, you're right. Because on the cover of the next issue, we have already alluded, and I hate Tom King for this, but I can't wait to read it. <laughs> we have alluded to da, 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 three Jokers. Perfect. Stupid, sexy Joker. <laughs> so we we are about to get into potentially who this Joker is in relation to a Joker that we are all very familiar with and also not familiar with. So interesting. The so the quick recap of this book is go watch Master Phantasm. Yes, and then everyone's banging everyone potentially. Yes, that's the takeaway. Yes. You know, and we're gonna have a lot of time skippy jumpy that's going on in this. I. I'm going to make a big assumption. Let's hear it. I think the wedding's going to be in this. Oh, shit. Yep. Yep. The notorious bat cat wedding. Huh? I think the implications are there from the essentially the beginning of this book where he's talking to Andrea from the jump because mm-hmm. it. It's funny that you mentioned how you watched the movie today. One of my biggest memories of the film, because uh, I rewatched it a couple months ago, was him proposing to Andrea. And then the fucking bats coming out? Well, because there's that at the beginning where he's like, he says it in like, kind of autistic. Dude, yes. <laughs> he's like, he's like oh, oh, you, you I'm know, this. yeah, you don't know good at these things. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you don't get it proposing to you, the <laughs> woman you love? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like literally throws it over it's like you got this kid so <laughs> i would i would love if issue 12 ended with tom king's batman going to selena and saying you know i'm not good at these things dude <laughs> that'd be so perfect they already did the one for one of the two of them banging and alfred walking in yep. just like alfred yeah, like, <laughs> multiple times in the movie Perfect. I, I love that that was Perfect. in that was in there just to reference the movie. 100%. It wasn't even in time. Didn't even make sense. <laughs> Didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. But we got it in there. Dude. It was awesome. Thank you. Alfred from the grave. Still the MVP. So, uh, okay. Is this gonna be twelve issues? Yes. Okay. That Tom King bill, dude. The, dude, 12 the issue, Tom King bill. <laughs> show up, the twelve issues. You know, it's the classic. The two seasons of the twelve episode or thirteen episode anime. It's the it's the oh, yeah. same idea. 100 percent is the same idea. Love it. So, yeah, I like this. A oh lot. yeah, I like it a lot. I, I'm really excited to read more about it, and it's making me want to go back and fill in the blanks that I didn't have. Oh no, in Tom King's run, I right? won't do that. That's my concern. <laughs> That's my no. concern. I look back not exactly favorably on Gotham Girl and Gotham Boy Mm-mm. and all that stuff. Just so, Gotham. <laughs> awful. So. <laughs> So that's the thing. I don't. I I have such a high love of this man, and I'm loving this. That it's like a it's like a Stockholm syndrome thing. It's Absolutely, like, it's like a toxic relationship. I'm looking back on the rose tinted glasses. Like it wasn't that bad. Dude, he beat me a little bit. So funny. It's okay. I literally went back and read the last couple issues of the climax of the Tom King run, and I was like, ah, 
How? How is the Bad Cat so good? How is Bad Cat spinning out of this? It's amazing. That's <laughs> a great cue. Um, so. But it was so funny because I saw a lot of the Twitter response to it was like, yeah, this is everything I loved from Tom King's Batman. And I'm like, wow, dude. It's so it's just crazy what people take from that series. It's so infamous. <laughs> wild stuff. Absolutely wild. Um, this series may not be the... Oh, so I should say may not go down in infamy, but it is surely shaping up to be quite good. Of Hell course, yeah. I am talking about Strange Adventures, number seven, Woo! from the squad. Tom King, Mitch Jarrett, Doc Shaner, Ugh. Clayton Cowles, Bixie Matthew. Ugh. Oh, yeah. We essentially got Terrific had, uh, at this point, pulled the cards of both uh, Adam and Alana, and they're, they're kind of fluttering at this moment. They kind of they got they got to regroup. They're like, you know. Shit, you know, we, we thought we were doing the, the, the whole high road thing by agreeing to this Batman investigation. One, we thought Batman was going to do it. Two, we did not account <laughs> yeah. for Mrs. Terrific's thoroughness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we get into the real, um, the cliffhanger from the last issue, which was, of course, Alana going to Adam and saying, hey, what haven't you told me? Like, what are the gaps here? Like, what does what Terrific know that me and you don't know about each other. Why is he poking right. at us like this? <clears throat> and of course, she is alluding to the time that Adam was captured yep. by the picks, and he has yet to speak to her about it. Yeah, We get into what happened. Oh, shit. We get it all. And it is the full Grant Morrison Batman of Zurin Ra. No. The, they take him to wherever the fuck there's this guy who just looks like a regular guy. That looks, okay, that looks like a slightly more handsome version of Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Look at it. Look upon okay, it. Look upon it. But <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I was really into it. I was like locked in. Um, but the picks have seemingly employed this rather regular looking dude um we find that he is not a regular dude I, as he he's been he's been captured he's doing this for whatever reason classic but he is fucking adam up with the drugs nice. like all kinds of drugs drugs that make him you know see stuff like this gotcha. and you know make, make make him split off and do all these crazy things and it's just endless it's constant and we, we keep going back to um, Adam by himself uh, in the room where he's getting fucked. Look how sad this man is. And it's just, honestly, it was kind of painful reading because he's literally just like, stop. Like, Jesus. Like, please. Like, I, 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 this panel is literally saying, I can't anymore. I'm so sorry. Please stop. I'm sorry. And it's just like, it's so much. And it's just... I love that all these issues have been so impactful because I can't not read it without context. So when I see this Adam crying like this, I cannot remove it from the Adam that I saw chop off a dude's head with his helmet. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? Like this, this man is on the fucking roller coaster right now. This is a a journey that very few superheroes have embarked on. Very few superheroes should go on. Yeah. I think that's the point of this. Yes. At the end of the day. Like, I think that was my real takeaway from this particular issue was that maybe superheroes aren't supposed to be on, the, on these kind of journeys. Maybe yeah. they shouldn't be involved in intergalactic wars with people that 
They have absolutely nothing to do with. This is a man who is Zeta beamed at random to a different place. And now he's a fucking war prisoner after being a murderer of tens of thousands of people. Because this is just something that happens to him. This is something that he feels like he has to do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, dude. Talking is is fucking with me. Dude, yeah, he's got you. (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm in it. Uh, The most impactful part of this is we get this... Very, very intense conversation from uh, Alana and Adam. And it's basically like them saying like, oh, like, you know, I know we've had uh, things in the past, things we didn't say. And then it's Adam uh, admitting to a murder. There was a guy. God, there was a guy who saw some shit that he wasn't supposed to see during a particular confrontation and Adam knew that if that guy reported what he saw to anyone else, it would have been like a war crime or whatever. So or whatever. <laughs> you know. I mean, that was that was dude, you should see how Adam it. kills this guy. <laughs> Cause I'll, I'll actually show you because it's one of my favorite favorite panels. <laughs> right here. Oh my god. It says pew pew. And he's fucking dead. <laughs> Just murdered. This book is wild. Beautiful. Um <laughs> But yeah, so he admits to this, like this was one of the things that he had been kind of, you know, keeping from her. And she was like, like, thank you. like, Thank you for telling me. Like he thought he was going to say, oh, you know, you're a piece of shit. You're you lied to me. I thought we were in this together. But she's like, nah, like we're really in this now together now. Nah, nah, yeah, because yeah. we are accessories to, to each other now. We we are in this. Um, And then we get a very dark part of this. That was a hallucination. Oh, geez, Rick. Adam still hasn't told her. Shit. (laughs) And then uh, we get back to the very end of this. The guy who was fucking with him, giving him the drugs. Adam loses it, comes to, gathers his strength, snaps the guy's neck, kills him. Okay? And he screams, I'm not like you. I'm not weak like you. I'm Adam Strange. I'm the hero of two worlds. And he screams it into what he thinks is the void. But he's actually surrounded by picks who look like they've just been waiting for him to snap this man's neck. Jesus Christ. And that's how this ends. Jeez. Strange Adventures number seven. Tom King, Miss Jarrett's Doc Shaner continue to bring the absolute fire. This is this is, you know, I, I keep saying it, but when I'm not reading this book, I'm like, oh, I wonder, wonder what's going on. When I read this book, I'm like, yep, this is the best thing I've read probably this month. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'll jump into my favorite book of this week. Yeah, let's do it. I'm assuming that was probably at the top of your list. This is Deceased oh, Dead Planet yes. with the Shazam alternate art with Mary as Shazam. Amazing. Fantastic. Is... Is this the greatest run of covers of all time? Oh, I think so. <laughs> oh, I think so. I, I literally, when we're thinking about like the variants are, of the year, it's hard not to just pick all of the deceased ones. How about the deceased variant of the year category? That might be the one. And dude. then the variant, the overall variant cover of the year. That could be it. Where the one we pick for DC is automatically put into the nominees for, for that. That's That might be a good idea. Because I feel like that 
this series has warranted. This is just yeah, it's problematic almost. It's how truly good is. they all are. Because first of all, they're all beautiful. Like, oh, this yeah. is just excellent looking. That that looks real. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> insane. And second of all, they're all sharp as hell. They're all smart. They're all really cool. Super slick. They're all very very well done. They're like they make sense. They're clever, and uh, it just fits this book so well. So Tom Taylor, Trevor Harrison, Gigi uh, Baldessini, Tom Derenick, and Rain Burrito bringing you DC issue six. So at this point, we have decided, like I said earlier, we're doubling down. This is Justice League Future State. Mm. Okay? This Or Justice League Dark Future State. Gotcha. Okay? We, the world is squarely in the hands of Jonathan Constantinople. As it should be. <laughs> 100%. We know it kind of starts with him. He kind of frames our book. But something else is interesting is we thought he was framing our book. It's been Zatanna that's framing our book that actually in, as is, the narrator. That's very interesting. It is. Which opens up a lot of questions about yes. how this is going to end, to be honest. <laughs> so, if you don't remember what's happened in this book, that's fair. <laughs> there's, But the big takeaways are, there's only a couple bastions of humanity left. Mm-hmm. One of them is good guys, one of them is super rich bad guys. Okay, Super rich bad guys have an army of Amazos. They're going to take <laughs> over the world with an army of Amazos. Jeez. Um, Jeez. Good guys. Found a cure to the antivirus plague, right? Sick. Through Cyborg. So they're going to try to figure that out. Um, Additionally, there is a Trigon and an undead Darkseid in play. That's a lot. It's a whole lot. Wow, yeah, right. I forgot about that. (laughs) Really? We have, I think, one more issue with this. Yes. That's not enough. (laughs) It will be uh, supersized. Uh, It better be, like, quadruple-sized. So... That kind of sets everything up. The big thing we have here is Scott going to try to save Barda. Okay. He's put Barda on a planet. She's infected and the whole thing. Mm. So he goes to save her, and they find her. She's escaped. Kind of ironic, right? Yes. And <laughs> she starts beating the shit out of Scott, but oh. Superman's able to, just in time, inject her with the serum that they have generated from uh, Cyborg. Right. And by using a sliver of Diana's sword that... Black Canary, our current a Green Lantern, is is with right now. That's right. It's pretty great. Wow. That's so so much. <laughs> and it works. But before we do any of this, we have the greatest minds in the DC DC universe all hanging out doing a kind of like weird mind meld thing. Okay. With that's being handled by Doctor Fate. Love we it. Doctor Fate, uh, Pamela Isley. Okay. Harley Quinn for some reason because of course. Well, I mean. <laughs> the luck build right literally <laughs> wally because his brain's quick detective chimp world's greatest uh, problem solver mm-hmm. mary marvel wisdom of solomon yep Vic okay. stone cybernetic brain you know the whole thing dr fate being dr fate yes and then um he's a doctor swamp thing the herald of the green and batman and it says because he's batman i love it accurate perfect why wouldn't you do that it makes perfect you know? sense actually and so they're the ones who figure out how we can do this so we skip forward cure works they save barda it's all happening. So we got this, folks. So thumbs up. Thumbs up. Big thumbs up. Okay. It seems like we can handle this. <laughs> we get a great kiss between Scott and Barda. Nice. Love it. Love it. And then we immediately cut over to the British troublemaker, John Constantine. He's <laughs> over British here. troublemaker. Just clearly deep in the shit. Z wants answers. She's like, why won't you tell me what's happening here? And then she sees what Constantine is sitting in this room with. Constantine is sitting in a room with Madame Xanadu's crystal ball, the wizard Shazam staff, 
the Spear of Destiny, and the Ragman Soul Rag thing that is currently full of Boston brand soul. Remember that? That's right. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck are you doing with this? Yeah. Like, this is insane. <laughs> these are the most powerful things. He's sitting in the Rock of Eternity just smoking cigarettes with next to all these things. It's the Robin King's bill. <laughs> it kind of feels like it, right? So she's wondering this. And you know who else is wondering this? Phantom Stranger. Excuse me? Phantom Stranger's like, what are we doing here? Of course. You know? And where else would he be? 100%. He's brought here and he's like, look, you gotta, you better calm down. We already had the Spectre come through here and I put him in his place. He was in the I last one. I can murder one, yeah. anybody. I'm John Constantine. I have every weapon that I can use to kill anybody who's even remotely magic right now. So... Um, there's some impertinence that occurs. There's a quick argument between the two. Uh, we end up with Jason Blood showing up because, of course, mm-hmm. now we got Etrigan in play. And he's there to say Trigon is on the fucking way. Trigon is coming. Trigon is soon. Trigon is. Okay? Okay. We cut back. Bard is saved. Everything seems to be great on this side. But we need to make more of the cure. So we get Hyper Team. Wally reads all the books. Starts up a... Uh, Vaccine creating process on man reads all the books on manufacturing at Will Magnus's labs. The the dude who created the oh book. okay yeah need right yeah so him and Sire working together too late. Trigon's back. <laughs> oh shit, that was fast. Like he's just here now. You're right. Uh, also too late. Amazo army's unleashed. They're starting to just kill everything on the planet. So they're killing all the unlife stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Trigon's here. The unlife. Are the unlife zombies are dead or dying by the Amazos. Right. They're geez. trying to get in this. We cut back to the tower. Dr. Fate walks into the room he wasn't supposed to be in, and he walks into just the sketchiest thing you could possibly see. There's Etrigan hanging out. There's the Phantom Stranger with the sp- with um, the Spirit Destiny. There's Constantine putting on the, the, the Ragman rags. Yeah, no. And Kent's just like, what are you doing? I want no part of this. Literally, he's like, this is so not okay on such a high level of <laughs> not okayness. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> and, and to make it even less okay, or moral, I don't know. Right. It doesn't matter. Phantom Stranger stabs Dr. Fate. Wait. Right in the chest. Wait, what? And the reason is, Constantine has convinced Phantom Stranger, this is the only route for it. This is the only play we have. He is using the spear... And all the other magic in there to take the helm and Naboo from him. He uses the staff to say Shazam so he can rip the the helmet off of Kent. So now Constantine, who is able to squeak around the pure heart thing because he has, I think it's the Ragman thing. Um, he now has in his possession everybody who's magical pretty much. And he goes off and he's going to save the world. Because he's Constantine, and he's got the Ragman rags with Boston Brand in it, the Wizard Staff, the Helm and the Boo, he's full Shazam build, and he's also got the Spear of Destiny. And that's how this ends. I believe in overpowered John Constantine. I believe in John Constantine, who has beaten the whole game. He's gone full greed meta. He is just top fucking tier Constantine. He's going to be out of control. I don't know what we're going to see. I think it's going to have to come down to a Constantine fights Trigon, Justice League fights undead dark side kind of situation. Ooh, I like because that, though. I think I'll be good. We'll move them in parallel. We still have an army of Amazos that we have to contend with somehow. And they're like, and they make a point of saying how like each of these individually could take out the Justice League. And now there's like a couple hundred of them. Right. So like, 
what is that? Yeah, about? what the fuck? Yeah. So this book is wild. And again, if you've ever wanted to see something as ridiculous as Constantine with five of the most powerful artifacts in the DC universe, then this is it. We yes, we no, done yes, it. that's it. We've arrived here. Wow. I guess the logical conclusion of Tom Taylor's Justice League Dark Deadverse. Nice. Ugh. Dark Deadverse. Darkverse. Dead. Dead. Justice. Dark. Mm, de- under. Dead. Dead ground. Dead. Dead night. Dark night. Dead. Wait. Justice League. Darkest death. <laughs> I was going to say darkest night. No. I was like, yeah. No, dude. No, you thought. I'll edit that and it'll sound really good. <laughs> nice. So, anyway, please stop me from talking about Okay, more. no, yeah. It's, not, well, it's just so tough to follow. Because <laughs> I really don't know what to fucking say after all that. <laughs> it's totally fair. Um, I have a... Uh, well, I'm going to talk about uh, Far Sector, number nine, from uh, N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. Uh, when we last left this book, I noted that a lot of things were, were coming up at the end of this. Sure. Um, Joe Mullen, our Green Lantern, or she had yet another fallout with the council, telling them to get their shit together, tell them to start taking accountability for their actions. And they're telling them, like, you know, you need to do your job. We came, we, you know, we brought you in because you're supposed to be intergalactic police. Right. Police some shit. Right. Um, so, you know, they're butting heads about that. And then, of course, we got the um, councilman who um, uh, stepped down after his encounter with Joe. And she kind of, like, pulled his card. And he was like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to quit. And she was like, yeah. what? <laughs> right, yeah. He was like, wait, you quit like before shit hit the fan? He was like, yeah, like I, I, I did something wrong. Why wouldn't I quit now? She was like, huh. Why? <laughs> yeah, right? Accountability. Um, and then uh, he also told her that uh, you should check out the, the feels net. There might be something you're, lo- right. yeah, it might be something you're looking for there. So we're like, all right, dude, what the hell? We got a couple more issues left. Where are we going with all this stuff? This answers essentially every question i'm not going to get too much into the the hard details of everything because it was all talking mostly sure um but i loved it this is this actually might have been one of my favorite issues of the series because of all the action we just had in the previous issues and i'm like okay a lot of action a lot of information (laughs) this started off as a murder mystery right (laughs) what's going on and now we're finally getting into it we get the biggest revelation of the entire book so far in this. In this, we get multiple revelations. Oh shit! We find out that Phil's net is essentially the dark web. Okay. Um, but because we are where we are, and there's like the at at who are like the internet people that are like in real life. The dark web is like a real place called Phil's net. You get it? You can feel it. Phil's net. Sure. Um. So Joe ends up going there, pulls. The fucking easiest play in the book. She finds a guard, guards alone, takes out the guard, takes his clothes, infiltrates the love facility. It, dude. I I love the dude. She literally goes, "Yo, what's the chances you're alone right now?" And then just takes his outfit. She's like, "Easy." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, this is good." Uh, so she's in the fields net. She's infiltrates like what seems to be this kind of hospital slash laboratory type facility no full cadmus build love it okay and like i said we get into the nitty-gritty she makes the rather dark discovery about the drugs that exist on this planet so as you may know there are two drugs on the planet uh sorry on the city enduring which is the name of the planet right right um there's the emotional exploit 
which is a drug people are given at birth that is essentially uh, that essentially turns off your emotions, allows you to think about everything logically and streamline for the most part and moves removes some emotion from decision making. Yeah. And there is a drug that was developed after the emotional exploit called switch off, which turns off the emotional exploit, allowing people to feel inherently making your normal serotonin feel like a drug. All right. We find out that the government's behind everything. Oh, those fuckers. Behind everything in a myriad of ways. They're behind the switch off. They're behind the emotional exploit. They're behind feels in it. Oh, shit. But more importantly, they're behind the thing that matters the most. They're behind the cash, the dosh, the money. Or in this book, the memes. The memes, by God. In this book, memes are currency, correct? Previously, we had been told that the Earth memes were the most valuable form of currency. The OG Earth memes, like right. you know, cat jumping off a refrigerator type stuff. Love it. Those are still the most valuable things anyway. I, I, they forever will be. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what N.K. Jemison knows. Um, but we find out there's a more valuable meme on the city enduring. Original memes from the city enduring, which can only be found at FieldsNet on the dark web. Because people from the city in Durant aren't supposed to be able to make memes because they're not supposed to have emotions. Of course. Bigger revelation, this facility we're at is a farm. The government of course. has been kidnapping people, using them, injecting them with switch off. Put to it, generate the memes. To generate the dark Those web memes. Son of bitches. And that's the end of the book. Wow, who could have seen that coming? Dude, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. It's like, I'm reading it, and, like, and I'm fully what? aware of like how, how silly it is. But I'm also like, on the edge of my seat. Damn. <laughs> because like, look, at the, look at the imagery of this last, uh, this last bit when they show him going back into their little pods to make the memes. Oh, shit. It's dark. It's, absolutely. Yeah, he's just screaming. Yeah, dude, he's been so this chick, uh, she had just said, but I, I had been I, they asked me for, you know, only two quality means, but I gave them four. I thought they were going to let me go early, it was like, but they made me go back to work sooner. <laughs> and someone was like, how many times we got to tell you? Just you're do right. what you told. <laughs> Golly, man. So I was like, shit, dude, this is a lot. But also, this is hilarious. I can't believe it. And yet I, I'm totally sold. Right. So. N.K. Jemison has developed this uncanny ability to handle very serious like tones and themes yeah. while also completely taking the piss yeah. out of those exact themes. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I don't really know what else to say. This book was hilarious, um, but it was also like very impactful for like the rest of the series. This is like this gives credence to almost everything that has happened up until this point. This is up there with where we figured out how her ring works. That it recharges by itself in terms right. of like how we view the series. Like we figured out the pacing of the series was the way it was because her ring operates the way it did. And now we're figuring out um everything's so convoluted and she keeps getting twisted and turned around everywhere because no one actually wants her to figure out what's going on because it's all it's the same person behind everything. Of course. Goodness. Yep. So far sector, number nine. Fantastic uh, issue in this series, and it looks like it's speeding toward a fantastic ending as well. Wow. Okay. Well, 
big revelations on the other side of the DC universe as well mm-hmm. with Tinian, March, Benjamin, Bengal, Miki, and Barden's Batman issue 104. Mm. So we have, in case you forgot where we were last, <laughs> Ghostmaker. <laughs> anyway. Ghostmaker, so. good. Batman, bad. Questionable. In- <laughs> indeed. So Ghostmaker, he's so hot right now. All the kids love him. I don't want to say that James and Crystal picked up some Batman and a Punchline comic yeah. and the Harley comic because of Ghostmaker. Dude, I but totally that is that. exactly what happened, actually. Yeah, he looks sick. <laughs> Literally, they're like, I was like, yeah, I don't know if you need Joker War. You just need that Ghostmaker. And James like, <laughs> James like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm in, dude. I want to read about the Ghostmaker. <laughs> so he didn't give a shit. I'm like, I'm like, maybe you should try. And he's like, no, no, no. I want the Ghostmaker. And I'm like, he looks cool as hell. Dude, that's hilarious. It was that easy, dude. dude. It was that easy. Damn, that's Didn't good. Didn't even care about the Joker War. Just wants the Ghostmaker because he's fresh. Fresh to death. Dude, easy. So, fresh to death's over here. He had just taken everybody out, right? Right. He's got the Bat. He's got the Harley. And he's got the Clown, the hunter. clown hunter. You know, he's got all them. And we find out that he's actually repairing them. He's And he's oh. got them in the room. That Bruce knows every corner of, that he knows he could tell what year this room was built by the concrete in it. And what what place in Gotham do you think that Bruce has an insane encyclopedic knowledge of every inch of? That's not the the bat cave and obviously Wayne Manor. Arkham. Exactly. <laughs> he is being held in Arkham. <laughs> oh, shit. Irony of ironies, which we've already had people explore. Of course. And we jump out to Oh. The Oracle dick. and Oracle on our boy Dick flying through the air. And it turns out that Ghostmaker's a busy boy. Oh. He's shutting down cartels. He's putting the supervillains back inside of cells. He's doing <laughs> nice. the whole thing. I know, right? <laughs> he's doing it, and he's doing it rather well. Nice. So <laughs> the problem here is that nobody knows about this cat except for Batman. So I was going to say he sh- can go to hell. He, and he can go <laughs> to hell. Uh, the problem is that... Nobody knows about him except for Batman. And Oracle's really frustrated. Barb is mm. really frustrated. This one, Dick lets loose some uh, some information. Oh. He has seen Ghostmaker before in the past. Boom. Jump back to Robin. And oh. Batman with the yellow proper Dude. bat symbol on the chest. This is good. Gorgeous. I love this. And even cooler somehow looking Ghostmaker. I <laughs> <laughs> so they were there dealing with... Uh, like C tier level enemy, of course. you know they compare them to the penny plunderer, nice. hysterical, right? And they're there to pick someone up who's not in Gotham, and they are met with Ghostmaker. There's some exchange we can't hear because we're being told the story from Dick's point of view, right? And then they leave, hmm. and Batman's like, "We're gonna go back." Dick's like, well, "What do you mean? Are we just gonna let this bad guy just be, just do the whole thing?" Yeah. He's like, "Ghostmaker will handle it and send him back to us," and then Dick's like. Are we okay here? And Batman just punches the console inside the bat plane. What? <laughs> and Dick's like, all right, well, Alfred's going to make you fix that. <laughs> He's going to be real upset. And Batman's like, I'm sorry, Dick. And then Dick's like, why are you upset? And, cause, and then he goes in and starts giving some more information about how they got together. We get another deep dive into Batman's lore about how he had trained all these people. Right. Old guy, I don't know. Probably Zatara. Right. Um, Wildcat. Hey, yeah. They do the Samurai uh, Jack. Exactly. They literally do the Samurai Jack thing, and he ends up meeting his soon-to-be rival, who we still don't have a, a real proper name yet, I don't think. I don't think so. Gotcha. But anyway, so 
they meet there and they start to kind of um, bond over the fact that they have this this goal that he also wants to be a vigilante. He also, or not a vigilante, a crime fighter, mm. specifically wants to fight the crime and shut down the crime. And we don't really know why. Okay. So on one fateful evening, Bruce shares with this person that he is almost going to call a friend because Bruce hasn't had a friend in a decade, mm-hmm. right? And he finally shares what it's all about. He tells him the whole story. Oh, wow. Tells him about his parents being killed. Tells him about the oath he made on their graves. Whole nine yards. Wow. So how does Ghostmaker react to this? Scoffs. He tries to fucking kill him. Wait, excuse me? Ghostmaker tries to kill Batman because Batman is weak. Bruce is weak. He's doing it for all the wrong reasons, man. (laughs) Ghostmaker says he wants to do it because he's out for the art of it, man. He's in the... (laughs) His interest is... The art, the beauty behind it. Of crime fighting? The art of crime fighting, dude. Amazing. He's not there for the childish idea of vengeance. He's in it for the artistry of stopping criminals. Okay? And because of that, they are from then on violent rivals. And they spend the rest of their relationship taking turns trying to kill each other, essentially. Right. So, we have an interesting revelation here beyond this, though. Because as Bruce is telling Dick this whole story, there's this situation at the end where Dick picks up on a vibe that's strange. And he realizes part of the reason Batman's so upset isn't just because he's getting, you know, he has to handle Ghostmaker getting in his way. It's because he misses him. Because that's like his only friend in the world, really. Because this is still a young Dick. So this is a Batman with no friends. Right. So, this is the only person he has in his life, and that person hates him for who he is. Wow. It's kind of dark. Yeah, seriously. So, flashback forward. We got more stuff. Um, Spoiler, or not spoiler. No, yeah, spoiler. Hilariously calls uh, Batgirl, Batgirl Prime. Okay, I like that. And says that, calls refers to herself and Orphan as uh, Batgirls. (laughs) And... uh, we find that they are trying to find where Batman is because they haven't heard from him in six hours, which is not great. Okay. So they go to the last place he was seen, uh, Harley's apartment. Okay. And they're like, okay, we know where Batman's at. He's in Arkham. And Oracle's like, holy shit, great work. How'd you figure that out? And they go, the plants told us. I know. So for you, dear listener at home who has not read Batman 104, it would appear that Ivy has written Arkham on the walls of Harley's apartment and in plants. So, hmm. at the beginning, something I should have prefaced this, when uh, Ghost... I was calling Ghostface. I was, was going to call him Ghost Faker, dude. Dude, uh, okay. <laughs> when our boy Ghostman, uh, when he was talking with Bruce, he made it explicit that he had given him a very small amount of anesthesia, just enough to kind of get him through the repairs. Right. Because he wanted to talk with him before everyone woke up. Right. And now... Everybody's awake. Gotcha. And what's interesting, Bruce is bound, Harley is bound, Clown Hunter, not bound. You know what else is even more interesting? There's a bunch of fucking swords. Wait, what? <laughs> and guns and stuff. Wait, what? Strewn about the room. Clown Maker, Ghost Maker, nice. Clown Hunter, Ghost Hunter. Somebody <laughs> wants somebody to kill Harley. <laughs> and it's not just me anymore. Ghostmaker <laughs> wants. Clown Hunter to kill Harley to finish this off to show it's a it's a soul of the city thing right man mm. this boy Bow is the soul of the city and he's gonna show you that this city is going to do what it needs to do and it's gonna kill this clown woman 
because she is inherently part of the old guard. Right. We have to show that we are going to kill the past, mm. Kylo Ren style, mm. and move on here. And this is also where we find out something interesting, that Harley was there the night Joker killed his parents. Harley is not completely innocent to all this. Well, she probably didn't kill them, but she didn't stop the Joker. She was at the scene in flagrante with the Joker while he murdered Bao's parents. Wow. So this is part of the reason why he has such a hard on for killing her in particular. Right, for sure. Because, you know, there's all there's nameless Joker thugs, and, and then there's Harley and the Joker. Right. How many nameless Joker thugs can you kill before you'd want to kill Harley? Facts. <laughs> so we leave off. With Bao, rather suggestively, might I add, yeah. holding this katana yes. at crotch level above Harley's neck. Yes. Very... About to finish the job. Yes. There's a, there's a lot of... A lot to unpack in that A lot image. of undertones in this issue. A lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, a lot of, lot of meta stuff, I feel like, as well. Absolutely. I feel like this was probably one of the more meta issues of Tynan's run. Very much so. Yeah. Very, very much so. so but, like I said, we got a lot of interesting... Revelations mm-hmm. regarding Bass, Bass. Oh my God, I gotta get it all straight, dude. Bo, Bat, oh man, and Ghostmakers pass together. Nice. There's a sense. <laughs> and again, that's what's kind of driving this whole story, right? right? And I love the whole Batman is frustrated because this is the only friend he has. Angle of it, or at, at this point now, the oldest friend, right? He has, and he doesn't know how to make sense of it because clearly there's a part of Batman that wants to prove to Ghostmaker that my way is legitimate and that my reasoning is legitimate, and you, we didn't have to be enemies. We they say in the book that they both agreed that Batman will go to Gotham and Ghostmaker will go somewhere else, right. and they'll never meet, they'll just stay opposite and do our own idea of crime fighting, right. And I don't think that's what Batman really wants. Mm. Bruce never wanted that. Bruce saw this man as, as a friend. He um, confided in him at a level he never did before and rarely would do after. Right. So I think that there's a real big gnawing at the back of Bruce's mind that he, on top of all the other shit he's trying to deal with, with Catwoman, with moving to a new apartment, mm-hmm. with losing all the money, right. with having to contend with all these new enemies. A lot of shit. All this shit, now there's a big part of his past that he's never been able to put to bed properly that he has no choice but to deal with right fucking now. It's wild that you framed it like this because while you were telling me about it, my thoughts immediately went to the kind of meta side where I feel like Ghostmaker, when you're talking about the art of it, like I'm doing it for the art, man. Yes. Is that Tynan's using Ghostmaker to be people who say... Why don't we just tell good stories? Why don't we just have out of continuity Batman stories where we can just do it for the art? This is this is mm-hmm. a comic book character. Let's just like let's just do it for the for the literary purposes of it. It's a and, great take. And then Batman saying, "Dude, I've been telling good stories whole <laughs> this whole time." Exactly. It just maybe takes a little more effort right. to see a, a larger scale. You have to give it the patience. This right. Isn't done in twelve issues. Right. There's it's, a plan here. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's a really great take on that. So, I think, like you said, this is definitely the most metatextual one that we've had so far. Oh, yeah. Especially with the way that, like, we're, we're pulling in Harley and her past I and was, having yep. the bow as this insert for for our Gen Zers. Well, yeah. Well, stuff is, like that. Is that Tynan literally, is it, is it him asking himself what he wants to do with the clowns? Yeah. Because he, he has them all in play. 
he has all of them kind of have this this heat about them. Obviously, Harley has her fans, and Punchline and Clown Hunter have been have only gained you know popularity over this year. Maybe he is at a crossroads with how he should move forward between the clown and bat families. It's so true. It's hard. I don't know what he wants to do. I mean, the easy, the best thing he did was take the Joker out of the situation entirely. Yeah. Because now totally. he has so much. There's so much other stuff he has to deal with. Yeah. That the thought of having a Joker rolling around Gotham would just be too much. So I'm I'm very excited to see how this is moving forward. I don't know if this is going to be fully resolved in two issues because right. that's pretty much where we're at in right. this arc for the for our six issue arcs. Well, but I can see this being a more involved oh, thing. Huh? I was saying, their Dark Designs was like nine. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that was just the prelude to right. a Joker War. So, who's to say right. just how much of this we're going to actually see and how much more we have left to see? Because this is, this is like the first time Ghostmaker has truly enacted, quote-unquote, his plan to show Batman what Gotham could be. Right. We have not, we've barely even seen what that is. So... Who's to say? But I'm excited. It was very, it was good. It was it was good. It was nice. a step in the hard right direction. Yeah, it sounded like a fun issue. It was a lot of fun. Um, speaking of fun, funny jokes, jokers. Hey-o. I'm gonna sneak in this new one. We got a number one from Aftershock. Nice. This one's called Knock 'Em Dead. Oh yeah. By uh, Elliot uh, Ray Hall and Mattia Monaco. And <laughs> this was an interesting one. Um, it was is is. It seems pretty straightforward. Um, we have this guy. I'm blanking on his name, of course. Uh, it could be Chris, but I could be projecting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is a what's what I'm looking for? A up and coming, or I guess hopefully up and coming, like stand up comedian. Sure. You know, he hasn't really tried at it. He's been working his way around town, hitting up the different spots, working his material. Only problem is he's terrible. Gotcha. He he sucks and one of the things that really drives this home is the artwork i, I, I it <laughs> have you ever been to like an open mic night a stand-up anything like <laughs> you you've seen someone bop like you, oh god like, like you know that that cringy feeling on the inside where you're like you want to give them a laugh but also no yeah <laughs> <laughs> Right, 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 like you know, you don't want to hit him with the boo, you stink, but also like, what are you doing here, my guy? It's almost better than the silence, right? Nothing's worse than the silence. Well, see, that's the thing. Here we get the silence, dude. The silence (laughs) is the worst. The silence is so loud in this book. Look at the silence on display. Oh God! Beautiful nine panel uh, layouts with uh, the the setup, him, and then the silence. At each round, with the silence coming in a myriad of different ways, we got some That's, crickets. I like it. Yeah, we got uh, literally a pile of shit. If That's you look funny. closely, it says "eat on it." That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> like it's a it's a very in your face book for sure. Wow. Um, his jokes, like it, li- it doesn't even say what his jokes are. They do little scribbles and they put eggplants uh, to insinuate. You know, men always something. make sure, the make yeah, the yeah. dick jokes. Of course. Easy. Easy. And uh, the low hanging fruit. Nice. Good, right? Yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was rough. Uh, well, we get to get more into his backstory. Uh, he comes home late, and there's this woman in the living room, like, waiting for him. They're like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you come home late. I asked you to do this. I asked you to do that. Like, what's going on here? And he's like, you get the fuck out of my face, man. I'm out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here living my life doing my shit. In case you, in case you do want to know, I was out at a fucking comedy night doing my first open mic, and... That's that. 
And then she was like, oh, like, I'm so sorry. Like, how did it go? Like, how the fuck you think it went? <laughs> and he slams the door. And we find out this is his sister. Because uh, their parents have passed away. Ew. Right. So we got that going for him. Or not going for him. Depends <laughs> how you want to look at the story. Um, so we uh, fast forward. It's another night. He goes out, tries this thing again. Uh, finally gets a laugh. And they do this in a hilarious way. He's telling the joke, does some scribbles, and then it's like, there's a burger, then the eggplant. Oh, man. And then there's a couple <laughs> in the crowd. So <laughs> he hits them with the, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> he goes outside, smokes a cigarette, is like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> and then some guy comes up to him and hits him with the nice set, dude. Oh, no. I no, swear no, to God. He literally says, nice set. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> right. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Right, dude. Um, and then the guy's like, "Oh, so like, uh, where do you live? You need a ride, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> that's pretty weird. I'll ride with you." And then, uh, then they're talking there. They're shooting the shit, and they're like, "Yo, hey, man. Like, you know, you're uh, you're you're pretty funny, but you gotta you gotta work on it. Like, I feel like I've heard these jokes before. Like, you got you got this presence about you. You really got to get down to to what's meaningful." And then, uh, then he makes a joke about about his dead parents, um, and the guy starts laughing at it. But like, the, he's like, not the kid wasn't making a joke. He was like, it was like a joking like thing. He said it in right. a joking way, but his face is like very stern, very stoic. Sure. Like it was not meant to be laughed at. Um, but the guy's like, that's what I'm talking about, dude. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> <laughs> he's like what and he's like that's what i mean like your jokes gotta mean something you gotta make mm. them about you and he's like oh all, all right and then they get into a car crash <gasps> jesus <laughs> they get into a car crash they race him to the hospital and he's alive they rescued him but there's one problem he's got no heartbeat uh that's pretty sketchy yep he's alive but he's just flatlining at the bottom. That's wild. And that's how it ends. That's intense. That's all. That's Fast all. Pace. Yeah, li- that's literally all we got. Like, I did not skip anything <laughs> that wow. occurred. Um, but yeah, this was fun. I very much enjoy uh, the art um, from Mattia Monaco. Art is fantastic. Um, and the lettering. Let me get the letter real quick. Shout out to them. Uh, Taylor Esposito. Uh, <laughs> the two hours later and all the fun stuff in between. Oh, this is the one. This 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 uh splash right here, um. Where I was just like, this is. I thought this That's was pretty good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is supposed to be like a a book about a guy who makes jokes. You know what I mean? Right. It feels like almost superhero-y. Yeah. Yeah. It's big. It's splashy. It's actiony. It's it's very evocative. Exactly. Um. But yeah, that was Knock 'Em Dead number one from Aftershock. Probably gonna pick up the second one just just to figure just out see what's yeah, going on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Slightly less funny, but maybe is entertaining. Nice for some people, uh, and that's me. Is that some people? We have, yeah. What a sentence, man! <laughs> Golly, like a hard reset tonight, dude. I'll good. Fix, I'm loving it. Dude. I'll fix it in post. It'll, it'll come together. You'll see. You'll all see. Um, from Andy Lanning and Ron Mars. Oh, this shit. Howard Porter on the arts. Colors by Hi-Fi, letters by Anne World Design. You know what we're talking about. We're talking about Endless Winter, Chapter 1 of the Justice League fame. Is this your last DC book? 
No. Oh, okay. I have one more, and it is a sweet song, swan song. This? Yes. Uh, you'll see. Okay. So yeah. You'll love it. Okay. And by love it, I mean I hated it. Okay, perfect. So, <laughs> in this book, we have a great example of spending way too much time assembling a group of people we all know in flashy manners that we didn't really need. We had to assemble the Justice League. We had to assemble the Justice League. Yeah. Did we you know to- the Justice League? Who? So, but who's on the team? There's these guys on the team. <laughs> the first guy is um, the Flash. Okay, he's new. He's great. Okay, um, Barry or Wally? Uh, who? It actually never says, but Perfect. it's Barry. Uh, <laughs> we got GL. We got Soups and Wonder Woman. We've got Aquaman, and then the Batman. Okay, there's our team, right? That's it. And they're called <laughs> in to handle a the D tierest group of enemy enemies, supervillains. That are their whole mantra was we are so C tier, and this little island nation is so also C tier that we could just take it over and just be like kings here, and no one really care. I'm like, that's a damn good plan. <laughs> uh, this team of C tier <laughs> villains <laughs> includes um, Icicle. <laughs> okay, this is good. Right? Uh, Multiplex, Rampage, and Catman. Wait, are you serious? I've never been more serious. I think this is less than C tier. Yeah, probably. <laughs> this is, is D tier. <laughs> yeah, that is more accurate. So they're uh, quickly routed by the Justice League. Of course. And this whole story, that story occurs within the framework of the a guy named Sebastian Stag, I believe. He's got oh. a cool face tattoo. You know this man. Yeah, I know Stag. So shout out to the Terrifics. There you go. So the Stag Industries and the whole family there. Yeah, Rex Sa- Mason, the legend. Seb is out here doing the whole thing, right? He's out here trying to farm this crazy ice from the Antarctic under Superman's old location for his Fortress of Solitude. Okay. Because you remember how the the Zagor Gorg Zalrock the dude the other Kryptonian who came through and they tried to push him as Superman's enemy for Rogel a couple Zalrock. seconds. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> he came through and he destroyed the Fortress of Solitude, so it's not there anymore. Right. So homie's out there looking for Kryptonian tech, digging around in places he shouldn't be digging around. Okay. Okay. So eventually, I like that. I like that too. That was my favorite part. As a matter of fact, that's all it should have been. So <laughs> the other thing we have to contend with. Is Wally literally doing the comedy bang bang gag no. of how do I juggle work and family? Yes! It's absolutely, he's literally in the middle of the fight asking Superman, asking Gia, <laughs> asking everybody, how do I juggle work and family? And so he goes to the ultimate family man. You already know who it is. I can't see. That's fair. Is it Black Lightning? It is Black Lightning. Hell yeah, dude. He is a great family man. Fantastic family man. What a great choice to do. Yeah. Um, He's having a beautiful moment with his daughters where they're decorating a tree. He's got the quote-unquote ugly sweater on with Mm. the lightning bolts and shit. I love that. Flash is like, you got the ugly sweater on. Nice, man. He's like, it's not ugly. My daughter's got it for me. And his daughter's like, yo, that's ugly as hell. What you, like, that's we did it on purpose. Like, okay, that, that's good. Right? <laughs> this These were the best pages. Um, so he does the whole, like, you just got to believe, man. Like, we have challenges in our life, but, you know, we're supposed to overcome them. We got to make the best of the time we have. We have to, you know, enjoy and cherish what we have. You know, when, when things come at us and we don't ask questions if they're broken we need to try to fix them you know so let's get some good advice from our man and then he's off to go fix more problems and the problems he's fixing are i'm not sure how to say this 
ice demons. Uh, animal ice demons, specifically, okay. in the Arctic. So, the Justice League <laughs> assembles to okay. fight these animal ice demons Big. in the Arctic. Batman's looking hella cool. Oh. Not gonna lie. I thought it looks more warm to me. He does. Ah, uh, nice, <laughs> dude. Anyway, they fight the ice demons, which they make sure to clearly say are not sentient. So, it's okay for them to viciously right. destroy them. Right. And it is vicious. So, they're doing this for a while. We get some really cool Batman scenes. And then... The freaking Lich King from World of Warcraft crawls out of the snow. Wow, that's what it is. And yes, <laughs> so we have our boy the Frost King. Nice. Okay? And we have a really cool moment here. And this is why I probably will keep reading this book. <laughs> you see those three cats at the bottom? The Power Rangers. They're, they do look a heck of a lot like Power Rangers. <laughs> but yeah. So They're like ancient? Yes. Clearly ancient. We know this guy. He calls himself the Frost King. He's the whole Viking vibe. His sword is the size of a normal man. And he sees these three people. One of them is Black Adam. I could tell. The other two, no clue. Right. I'm like, okay, we knew Black Adam was getting pulled into this. Right, right, right. Cool, cool. So he fights with the Justice League. They have a pretty good fight. He's able to hang on by himself. But he's in the Arctic. His powers seem to be frost-related, so he's just throwing frost demons at, at the Justice League. Easy. And then it kind of culminates in them... Um, he, like, escapes by, like, creating a giant frost explosion. Perfect. Saying that the world's going to pay. So he is seeing, when he sees those three people, that's, like, him falsely attributing those people to our Justice League members. Oh, the Trinity. So when he's, exactly. Mm. So when he sees them, you know, he's seeing Arthur and Batman and Wonder Woman. Mm, so. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. So. They barely survive. John helps them survive and everything. They're cool. And they're like, what's going on here? We cut around the world. The world's getting encased in ice. Perfect. Okay? Everywhere. Gotham, Manhattan, encased D.C., Metropolis. We get a great shot of Detective Chimp with Renee Montoya and Dr. Fate in the Washington, D.C. one. Well, right? Love that. Randomest, awesomest panel. Where's that book? Seriously, <laughs> dude. So, and the last thing we see is Condot covered in the snow mm, with Black Adam. And we got him with the hard after all this time. How can it be happening again? Oh, no. Boom. Cut back to 10th century Egypt, where we see silhouettes speaking with the wizard Shazam. He says how he sealed his champion for the good of mankind, but now he will unseal him to save mankind. He hits the magic word. Shazam. Out comes the legend of Black Adam. Yes. Surrounded by Swamp Thing, Viking Prince, and Hippolyta. Wait. What? Very interesting in that regard. So, they are getting him because they need his help. There's a world-level crisis occurring, and they need the legend Teth Adam. And that is how we end. Making that Hippolyta is part of the reason I'm reading the second one of these. No, because my... Mmm. Mmm. What does that mean? What does that mean? This is I like this because I, I first of all I was like when we go into like the deep dive like way back right and we went back ten centuries You're right pretty far back <laughs> um maybe more actually I bet you that's tenth century BC BC or yeah. something anyway we went back a good time here. right and so we have this it looks like a you know a, a league a group right this right. this this setup here between an accord between these kings and and queens right and it's interesting because it includes a swamp thing that is most certainly not Alec Holland right no and it includes no this Viking prince who I'm sure is a DC character right. and then our in a, in a polita, right. and a polita that well predates anything which has to do with Wonder Woman of course so 
fantastic. I would like to see that a lot more. Oh, 100%. This is, I mean, this Justice League we have here, it's it's very serviceable classic Justice League story. Yeah. Everything else that happened in this book, all the stuff that we didn't, the stuff that we needed was good. It's gonna and be it's intense. what I want it to be better, right? That's If we can keep it to the whole, this the, the stag family, the Viking king, right. or the Frost king, and, and, and all the stuff in the past. That's cool shit. That's so cool <laughs> that it makes me question why we felt the need to do the generic Justice League, every member joins in in a cool, flashy way thing. I don't think we need it every single time. Well, because there's seven tie-ins for this book. They're probably, yeah, there's a lot, actually. There are, yeah. Yeah, there's so, a shit ton. So we got to sell them. In order to sell seven, we got to make sure one has as much as a seventh of a book usually has. Yeah, that is kind of how it feels. But uh, it's such a shame because, again, that, was, that beginning was kind of off-putting to me. I was like, really? Right. And then it got... So much better. Like after Barry got away from the whole um the joke of the group, and then right. he starts having a cool, interesting, meaningful conversation with Black Lightning, and then it comes back really deep into Stag, Arctic, fucking Frost King, right? All these ancient heroes and vil and uh, and rulers, and you know, like that's what I want to see more of. Yeah. So if we can keep that energy and stay away from the more cliche Justice League energy, right. then I'm all about it. Yeah. And if we lean hard into the fantasy and magic stuff, we both love that. Oh, absolutely. And so I think that's got to be where it goes. I just like the the deep lore, you know, between between Stag and, you know, Hippolyta. That's, yeah. just, that's just fun stuff to, to play around with. Exactly. Exactly. And so I want them to play around with that. I don't want them to feel like we need a reason to always highlight every individual Justice League member with their own splash page of them right. kicking ass. Like, we know it's about the Justice League. But really, this Justice League is a vehicle to tell a story about this Frost King right. and then the Viking Prince and Black Adam, old school Swamp Thing and Hippolyta. Right. And if we can keep that as the priority, if we know that the Justice League is a vessel for telling this story and we don't overpower it with the kind of cliche stuff, which is a comic book, it's hard to do. Not It's hard to not do that well, sometimes. I was going to assure you. But, I, uh, saying, I assure you that will happen oh, based yeah. on where the Italians appear. Of course. <laughs> But if we can, if we could stay that course that I mentioned, then I think this could be really a fun event yeah. with some cool lore that people want. Yeah, yeah. I you know, I, I don't know if it's it's not going to be as insanely world shaking no. as as X of Swords or as or death metal for no, sure. No way. But um, it could be fun. It yeah. could be a lot of fun if it knows its place right. and it knows how to execute the things that people want. Yeah, absolutely. That's about it. Um, well, I was going to save this, this for last, but oh, okay. I feel like I, I have to, since we're talking about, talking about events, I made a second trip to the Emerald city. Oh and, shit. Cause, Cause you picked up that and I was like, you know what? We gotta, we gotta keep this balance. So I'm going to do our only Marvel book today. Hey, when I do King in black, oh my number God. one, Donnie case, Ryan Stegman. We're doing it. Here we go. Love and, and boy, howdy. Um, yeah, nice. <laughs> Uh, well, this is all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was like I my the whole time I was reading this, I couldn't help but think, wow, someone who really wants this is really satisfied. You know what I mean? Like this, right? This book is is paying it off for the people who who've been sticking around for this. But for me, I was like, ah. right, <laughs> right. Like I don't know if I like miss up because like. I also didn't feel like I missed anything on like a like a base level because I know about Venom, I know about Null, I, I kind of know what's going on in the background, the, the relationship with right. him and Dylan, uh, the symbiote stuff like that. So I get it. This is the beginning of the 
of the event, so not too many like huge revelations, I guess. But it was um, the art was fantastic. I, I will give Ryan Stegman that art. Art is very cool. It was just very cookie cutter. Uh, it was very like to the T. It was almost like Donny Cates knows you like superhero movies, so we're just gonna hit that exact cadence in this gotcha you know what i mean like <clears throat> almost like the tandem thing but without like you know the cool grant morrison pops in it right um so no he's on his way he's coming and i only know this because he keeps popping up in all my fucking books so uh <laughs> <laughs> he fucking popped up in guardians and spider woman and i'm like who is this for that's ridiculous <laughs> um so he's on his way. Everyone's got the drop. Venom has enlisted the whole squad. Uh, the The Avengers they know, they they know uh, they know they they know knows coming. They have a plan A and they have a plan B. Okay, what's uh, the plan A? Plan A is actually uh, Fallout from the Empire event. Okay, All right. There are still a bunch of Kree and Scroll spaceships. Oh, son of a bitch! Never mind. What's the plan B? <laughs> <laughs> Every time, man. There are a bunch of Korean scroll spaceships that are still like in the fucking atmosphere. space atmosphere, Whatever. the sphere, Orbit. Right, 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 floating around. They're out there, right? Uh, so Iron Man and the gang, they they figure we rig them. So when you know Null and the, their dragons, they're like symbiote dragons, right? Right, and it's it's just so funny because they just look like gargoyles. Of course. So, you know. don't, we're not even going to care about the, the Joker dragons. I was oh, going to say god. they just look like bats. Like That's even worse. Look at this. Oh my god. I do like the King in Black. That's great. No, this is the year. <laughs> this okay. is the year. Okay. Category. Two-page <laughs> two splash title cards. All right. Yes. They're probably all going to, we only find them when they're dead. But Or Spy Island. Spylon's got some good ones. Yeah. But <laughs> that's, that's definitely that's a title card page is actually hilarious. Yeah. I love that. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so. That one's up there. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're popping around different places. We're getting you know, awesome action shots. You know, Avengers fighting off the dragons. Like I said, books look stellar. We flip the page. You know, we get the phone in from Charles Xavier. Like, oh, heard you guys needed some backup. Boom. X-Men also doing the things. Nice. Looks, <clears throat> looks sick. Look awesome. But also, I'm like. Yeah, all right. Next. Next. And, and. <laughs> do do it. Do do the thing. Um, so we got a lot more going on. Uh we got, so this is the part where I'm talking about. This is like some huge payoff for, for people that's been loving this. Noel arrives. Like he just comes in. Plan B does I'm sorry, plan A does not work. They blow off all the Cree ships. There's way more dragons than they anticipate. Like they thought sure. there were gonna be a couple hundreds, there's a couple hundred thousand. So Oof. yeah, they just kind of breeze right through it. They come raining down. And then Noel comes in, and his ship, his three ships, and they're all Celestials. Bro. He had defeated the Celestials way back when and made their bodies his literal traveling vessels. It's so pretty that, cool. That's That was sick. That's probably my favorite part of this, which is hilarious, because I don't know what a Celestial is. <laughs> I don't either, but I like the premise. Right, exactly. I'm like, it sounds important, and Wolverine looks terrified. Yeah. So I know this is serious. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the, the big thing that I saw all over the Twitter sphere. We, 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 we call in Plan B. Our Plan B 
is <laughs> I just thought it was funny that our plan B is usually DC's plan A. Nice. <laughs> they call Sentry, which uh, is Marvel Superman. Gotcha. He rolls up and says, "You know what? I'm gonna just fucking you know win. I'm gonna just win. I'm yeah. gonna just do the thing. Yeah, right." right. Um, so it honestly looks like he's about to like when he starts, he flies in, literally just flies straight through the head of a celestial and murders it. I'm like, all right, this is this is pretty cool. I'm liking this. Then he's ripped in half by Null. Nice. He says, Null says, fuck your power scaling. I am I am the one. You know, me beating the celestials never mattered because No. No. It's a comic book. Exactly. Everybody's freaking out. They're like, well, that was it. That's problematic. That was quite literally it. So I liked it in the sense that literally what could have been the whole event happens in the first half of this book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the rest of it is just, well, what now? Noel's like, okay, hmm. No one here can beat me. All my dragons are here. What What I usually do in a situation like this? symbiote planet makes uh, the whole covers the whole planet in the symbiotes the gook is seeping into the people seeping into the earth it uh, does the things classic and then uh finally you know <laughs> i just love that it's fucking eddie brock <laughs> um, finally venom's like i gotta put a stop to this <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm sure he's gonna do something he had been hooked up to some fucking Looks like a symbiote tree. I guess sure. Pumping them with symbiote juice. Right. Uh, so he's got the red eyes. He's he's hardcore. Noel comes in and says, dude, finally, like, where have you been? I've, you've, I've literally wasted all of my time here, you know, landing. <laughs> um, picks him up and says, you know what? This ends now. I'm going to take the symbiote off of you, my child. I'm going to throw you away. Then I'm going to take your child. Nice. I'm going to go take, take mine, take Dylan. We're going to be a big, happy, symbiote family ruling the galaxy without you. Bloop. And then drops him from the sky, and he proceeds to fall to the earth, and that's how this ends. Oh, that's a lot. It was a lot. Um, also saw that <laughs> I maybe looked a little too far. Um, the Venom tie-in, Venom 31, 32, whatever it's going to be in the King and Black uh, run, it's called, like, like some arbitrary amount of feet. I'm assuming it's the amount of feet that he's falling. So I'm guessing, spoilers, the next Venom story is literally just going to be Eddie Brock narrative as he's falling. Which you can do because there are, I'm not going to count, but there are a lot of ties to this. I'm pretty sure this is just the first part. Oh my. Yeah. And this is 12. This is 12 on the King in Black checklist. And like I said, this is not it. <laughs> I think this Good is Lord. like half of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to follow up with this because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to engage in these tie-ins. Um, That's fair. Two of them have to, sorry, three of them have to do with Marvel's Atlantis, which I could give zero fucks about. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I have I have no time for, for Marvel's Atlantis. Um, there's an Immortal Hulk tie-in. There was that Black okay. Cat one I was telling you about. Okay. It is, once again, managing the seepest way into my beloved Spider-Woman book. 
Um, a new book is starting out of this somehow spinning out of this perfect Um, but yeah this will continue Um, we are in it it will persist it will endure so if you guys have been liking this I totally I get why like it sounds cool yeah if you've been on the no black winter Thor venom train this whole ride this is probably fucking wild this is probably sick you know celestials X-Men Sentry stuff blowing up but to I'm going to call myself the average reader in terms of Marvel. Mm-hmm. As the average reader, I was like, all right. And then? and Right. Because yeah. like, you're just throwing shit at me. So if you're just going to throw shit at me, I'm just going to accept it as if you're throwing yeah, right. shit at me. So yes, yes. Ripped in half. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. That doesn't matter anymore. And that doesn't right. matter yeah. anymore. And this has been invalidated. And right, now right. these doesn't have any stakes. And yes, yes, yes. Let's keep going. Let's, let's keep this wheelhouse going. So that's not that. There's no way this is going to be fucking... Uh, a streamlined story throughout those times. Like I said, the Atlantis no. thing. What? When did I talk about anything underwater at any point during that? <laughs> during that's the all. issue. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, King Black number one. Donny Cage, Ryan Stegman. Well, superhero event veracity. Nice. Well, also tangential to a superhero <laughs> event, but in antithesis, <laughs> this is an ending <gasps> instead of a beginning. It's Final Metal. Oh, my Man. God. <laughs> it's Metal Men 12. Brought to you by the team of Didio, Davis, and Wright. This is the true event. Morgan and Morgan for the people. <laughs> Morgan and Morgan. All right, so we're going to make this one quick because <laughs> I, I feel personally burned by it. This is going to so, be good. <laughs> we last left off. Metal Men have combined to create alloy so they could fight fucking electro carnage here hell yeah and uh the anthem metal man and magnus are doing the whole thing where like the world's doomed then it's our fault again and so magnus is like i have the ultimate trump card it's that dog from the earlier issues and he's big as hell now and he's here to fight and it's like okay rusty was apparently the most op metal mammal of them all I can't tell if you're joking about I'm this, so... Right? Look at the side. He's winning. He's winning the fight. No one else can do it. All the metal men combine and lose. And then Rusty, the bulldog thing, wins. Or at least keeps him at bay. And it turns out it's some craziness about how it's because it's not made of metal like the other metal animals it's made of a like it's like a carbon based oh my god thing. dude no and i'm like <laughs> okay that's enough of that for mm-hmm. now video so anyway we <laughs> have this whole <laughs> moment where will goes inside of alloy because alloy's down and there's like it's lacking an individuality there's no it's it's a collective conscious for all of the metal men okay and so he has to like go in there and basically like separate them out and make it worth coming back because they've all given up and okay. so the end metal man who's like all emotion based and stuff like that, right? He helps facilitate this. He hits the hard talk no jutsu. Like, you guys are all cool. I love you. And they're all like, we love you too, dude. Nice. That's all we wanted for 12 issues was just your love, dad. And dad. that's where we are. And then he gets them out. And then our the dog is still just doing work, to be honest. And this is where it all just just goes off the rails. Perfect. So they're in this, they're in the dark, dark, dark multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, bam, sideways from the New Age of Heroes. Whoa, slow down. What? Yeah. No, I can't slow down because he was not there one second ago. You know what? And then he is there, and then he's gone. This all makes sense. Dan Didio invented sideways. Yeah. 
It's all coming together. Not only that, but he's there with a woman, a completely strange woman. I don't know who that is. And the editor's note is who that lady is and what happened. Well, that's a story best saved for a later date. No. No, it doesn't. That's what it says right there. No, it doesn't. By, quote, sidestepping Jess. <laughs> Real talk. So they get, Deus Ex, they get Deus Ex mocking it out of there at the last second. I can't believe this. But in the worst way. Perfect. We lose the dog. The dog stays behind. Oh, it makes the okay. ultimate sacrifice. Okay. We lose the pup. That was a lot, actually. It, it sucked. Yeah, I was I'm really upset by that. I was like, are you serious? The I only thing I cared about in this sh- damn comic. I actually did not see that coming. So the dog makes the ultimate sacrifice. Everyone gets back. But at what cost? You know, Will Magnus is there. Janet's there. All these people are there. He doesn't care about women. He just cares about metal women, you right. know, and Love metal men at that point. So it, he, we see there's a quick cut. It looks like he's maybe making a new uh, Rusty. Maybe he's fixing the Rusty. We don't know. Right. It's left to our imagination, I guess. In my heart, <laughs> it's fixed. At this point, we've already done the sometime later jump. The story's over. This right. is an epilogue. Right. The metal, the nth metal man they, you know, they did the whole thing to stop plutonium. It's fixed. Right. So it's just over. Right. They yeah. <laughs> we have this kind of wrap up here. Okay. Jeez, okay. So the metal men have kind of come to terms with who they are. They clean up the room for the first issue, the one that had all the remains of previous metal men, where we find out metal men are not sentient. Right. That whole shtick. And they decide to they show this as like a thank you, like a parting thank you. And they're like, let's go out and have a beer. I'm like when did we do this ever before? And they literally have this whole, and this is when we do another shift. This is where we shift from metal men wrap up into goodbye. Dan Didio. Oh, okay. Yep. And so the whole, like, why are you taking me here? You know, you guys don't eat or drink. And they're talking about how, like you need to change the scenery. Can't spend the rest of your life hiding in the lab, you know? And he's talking about how it's not, he doesn't hide. He um, just doesn't know where he belongs. He's like, this is the only place he knows, right? Mm. And then we, after that conversation, we have this uh, inconspicuous bald man with the facial okay, hair. Okay, that is literally Dan Didio. It only gets worse. So <laughs> um, it talks about none of the previous stuff matters because all that matters is dedicating his life to that lab and to all of you. All of us, we are now the metal men. We are the self-insert metal men. We are now And we are thanking man. him. So at this point... All the men start doing the whole cheers thing. We're all saying goodbye. Okay. So everyone has their own thing. They go off to. We all start splitting up. And eventually it ends with just him and Tina. Okay. Okay. So him and Tina have a moment where they dance to a talking head song. And they're like about to kiss. And then right before they kiss, our bald man with a spider tattoo on his head, by the way. A spider tattoo that sure as hell looks like a Spider-Man logo. But um, he... Is looking at this picture of the metal men in that bar, I guess. And then from while the two of them are about to kiss, having the whole conversation, he shouts out to Will and Tina. He goes, Hey Doc, wondering if you two if you two could do me a favor. Here's the keys to the bar. Lock the place up when you're done. I think it's time for me to be heading home. We all have new worlds and universes to explore. That's how the book ends. The book ends. With the, <laughs> what? The book ends with the Dan Didio self-insert doing the whole parallel story of the Metal Men and Will Magnus and Tina and him are all going to explore new things. That's that, it. That is hilarious. That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. 
That's it. I don't even know what else to say. This just one the most whole pointless tie-in of the. It's a whole series. <laughs> and one whole most unimportant <laughs> series of the year. Son of a bitch, Didio, you got me. Damn, dude. twelve issues. He 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 got you, dude. Got you hard. I can't believe it. I I I am I am actually at a loss for words about this, dude. I can't believe it, dude. I really can't believe he hit me with that. I can't believe that was literally Dan Didio saying goodbye, and that was more important than the ending of the Metal Men, like a real ending. When you told me that Sideways popped up, and you were like, "It only gets worse," I thought that was just an over exaggeration. No, no, that is a train wreck of an ending. Like, completely not even talking about how it makes absolutely no sense and narratively, like at at all. Um, nope. So many strange yep. choices. Yep. The tech Does he have a spider tattoo? I don't know. Does he? Because it's like right on his fucking head. Right. And I don't think. I think if, I, if Dan Didio had a spider tattoo, a big one on his bald head, that I would be just staring at it. Right. I feel like I would know. So there's no way. Also, right. Then he puts on the blue hat. Yes. Which I also feel like was insinuating something. A hundred percent. A DC thing or Marvel thing. Is he saying that he's always covered up his love for the Spider-Man I with don't his know, DC dude. hats he's worn over See, the years? And that's the thing. is <laughs> That whole last like epilogue there is just so like, drenched what? in that meta commentary yeah, that like, like clearly this is dan talking to us the dc universe quite literally <laughs> like in a not nuanced way in a very direct way I, at first i was like why are they showing me this chach and then like i realized who he looked like and i was like okay but then it didn't show up again and then at the end it's just all him like we go through a couple pages and right. then boom 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 he's just there and he does like walks off into the sunset and then the then the whole given the the given the keys to Will and Tina and tell them to lock up the bar. What is that in reference to? Who is who? I want to say Cheers. It feels like a it's like a com it's like a sitcom. <laughs> that I don't understand. I mean, like I don't know enough Metal Man lore to tell you why no, yeah. the bar owner would give his keys to Will Magnus. I'm sure it means something. And it's, I'm probably an idiot. I'm, there's probably. A hardcore group of metal men out there nice. who tell me how stupid I am for not knowing that Will Magnus actually opened this bar as a front so that he could do what I don't know. I don't know. And I the worst I thing is it might have been brought up in these twi- past twelve issues. Oh yeah. And I don't remember. And that's enough. Why should an, you? That's enough of an indictment right there. It's only twelve issues. I remember things all right. You know. <laughs> I definitely remember Dan Didio owning a bar. In his own story. I've just been listening to you tell me about it, and I would have remembered that. <laughs> anyway. Wow. So that's dude. Metal Men. And my only hope that it actually has any relevancy is the fact that Sideways showed up with an unnamed woman for unknown reasons. Right. And we did not get a true ending with some of the death metal stuff. Oh, he's totally going to be in the Teen Titans Academy. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. Does this have any relevance? Is this the end of Dan Didio? Will Will Magnus have a sitcom? We'll find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. The beautiful. Wow. Wow. Um quick question. Quick answer. Do you think and I know it's a lot, do you think this was meant to mean something and just kind of got lost in translation with the shifts? Or did Dan Didio just know enough about the future of DC? To write this book in reference to the things he knew we would see eventually. It's got to be the latter. 
Right? It's got to <laughs> You know, it has to I, I I don't know. I don't the, even know what I want it to be. Let us know in the comments below. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you tell us. Um, I'll make the hard transition yeah. <laughs> um, to a image title, Inkblot, number four. Nice. Emma Cuba, Rusty Glad. And, okay, this book is starting to confuse me. right it's taking a shift still animals best animals best comic book animals okay this now has two of them oh shit because well three of them if you count nessie from the previous i do she was she was fantastic this one has a sphinx oh love it oh it's great sphinx cat um but i'm I'm ahead of myself of course (laughs) um this is in the past we jump back to the past and I'm going to spoil something for you now because we quite literally jump back to the past. The cat can also jump time. Whoa. Right. So that's this wasn't kind of huge for me because now I'm kind of confused about what this series is. This cat can do anything it wants. Initially, I was like, okay, this is going to be a nice fancy story about this, you know, family of like sorcerers and conquerors and stuff. Okay, cool. Then second issue came, I was like, okay, this is going to be a fantasy anthology series through the eyes of a magical cat. Also into that. Third third issue was like, okay, this is going to be a cat examining fantastical beasts <laughs> <laughs> of, of, of yesteryear through the veil of a, <laughs> of, of a fantasy anthology. This seems like a cut and dry fantasy story now. Okay. <laughs> With some time travel sprinkled sprinkled on the mix. Sure. Uh but a lot happens but not too much happens because the revelation is the cat goes back in time. But it's huge because the cat goes back in time and meets our librarian. The cat goes back and encounters actually our entire family, the librarian, the king, oh, all the cool. sisters, all the brothers. They see them all back in the day actually on their journey this was part of their journey they're actually going through the desert lands right now which is where they encountered the sphinx Sphinx pops up and says why are you trying me you know you know the lay of the land not only did you walk in my shit without letting me know you brought all these people like and you, and you know how i roll you got to give me something in order to get past this is this is the troll toll that in, checks out in the desert yeah this is how we play and our king, he goes, all right, um, let's say we uh, make us some kind of trade. And the Sphinx is like, what could you possibly trade me to get right. all these fucking people across besides the thing that you know that I want? Um, mm. And the king's like, mm, I'm not giving you that. What about this cat? And they literally find the cat, realize that it is magical almost immediately. And then tries to barter the cat to the Sphinx That's for pre- safe passage. <laughs> That's pretty good. Right? <laughs> this book is ridiculous. Um, doesn't go well. Sphinx says, get that shit yeah, out of I my bet. face. Like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to cat, do with yeah. this? Um, give me the staff. Oh. Our king has the magical staff. That does that does all the things. Does Typical. all the things that are, that have ever been. It is is seemingly how we have been able to create this vast kingdom that we have been documenting throughout this book. Sure, sure, sure. Um, 
King says, well, that's, that's just not happening. This, this, is, this is my magic staff. These are my people. Well, we, we need protection against the other things past you, and the staff is how we get that protection. Sphinx says, well, mm, yes, we're going to have to fight. And then the Sphinx rips off this guy's head. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, this is just another term for this book. This is by far the most violent thing that I've seen, and it was kind of a lot. It was like a severed head on the screen, and then the cat just kind of mouths over it. So I was like, all right, this is a this is a turn. We jump back to the king. He fucking magic zaps the sphinx, one-shots it. Should have done that from the jump. Why maybe, did you not? He was trying to be a nice guy. I guess so. Maybe he was like, ah, you know, we we don't have to choose violence every time. That's you know, they could have been under the kingdom. Sure, sure. You know, but uh, Magic has a price. Right. I, I think we're going to get into that in here as well. Ah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then we actually come back to the um, to the to the future, to the present, I should say, to our librarian. The cat has portaled back to the present and it has a souvenir. It has the dead guy that the Sphinx killed. And that's how it ends. Wow. That is that is just that is literally just how it ends. And with our librarian coming to the conclusion that the cat can travel time because now she recalls the instance in which her and her family crossed the desert against the Sphinx who severed the guy's head and she recognized the peg leg because the peg leg was attached to the man whose head was severed in the past. What she recounts now, now seeing the cat and the peg leg. Ink block number four. Amazing. <laughs> well, that's wild. I was it was sure a lot. a lot. I don't know what this book is. Um I I am starting to think that the first volume hasn't even really started yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's starting to feel like there was like an issue one, two fillers, and then the book started. Yeah. So wow. we'll see. Well, do the hard shift over as well to follow that. Uh, Strange Energy, indie book, Vault. Oh. Issue three of Heavy, my man. Max Bemis, Eric Donovar, Chris Peter, Taylor Esposito. Okay, <laughs> where do you even start? The book is good. Nice. The book continues to be good. The book is so fun, it has no business being this fun. The last thing we were dealing with was our mismatched odd couple lethal weapon group fighting right. another heavy who was uh, creating cum monsters to uh, right. destroy a planet where people had just been openly fornicating forever. Right, correct. So, <laughs> they do that whole shtick, Okay. Slim, our boy, the dude, the redhead, the sketchy guy who caused both them, his, our main character and his wife, Sharon, I think is her name, to die. He is like, sweet, I'm going to kill this guy. <laughs> haven't killed a heavy sweet. yet. Let's fucking go. <laughs> and then this dude literally hits them with a, I don't like you. Can we talk alone? And then I think Bill is the other dude, our main character's name. He's like, okay. And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. This is my, This man over here, Bill. This this is Top Gun. He's my goose. Nice. Let's fuck go. Nice. And then just come monster. Just punches this man. <laughs> Launches him out of the way, right? Jesus. <laughs> Bill's like, okay, what's going on here? Right? And so this is where he drops the whole thing. He goes, Oh, you lost little boy. It's like, I'm you. Right? This 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 guy. I'm you. And he hits him with the best line. He goes, Really? 
I didn't realize I resembled a cyberpunk Lenny Kravitz. I right. I lost it. That's good. I love that. I lost it. It so, feels like whoever wrote this sent the artist a note saying, make him look like cyberpunk Lenny Kravitz. Because he does, dude. Right. It's and amazing. The artist, the artist is like, I only, I'll only do it if you say that in the comments. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah you got to clarify. And boy, howdy, did they. So... This is where it kind of breaks down. We find out that this man is very aware of Kyle, their handler, um, and he clearly has been he's been a heavy, he's been around the block for a while, and he starts to unload the whole you don't understand, man. Nice. They're using you, man. Yeah. You think this all makes sense? Think deeper, man. You're in the weight trying to make good on your soul, doing good things to make up for the bad things you did, man. What kind of person, what kind of good entities make bad people do more mm. bad things to create better things? As a matter of fact, why would they make bad things happen at all? If they're good. Hey, man, kill huh? one, save a thousand. <laughs> Literally. And he's like, let's think like, think about all those branching realities you have to deal with, huh? Where's mm. this ultimate justice, huh? You're just, you're looking in the face of things and you never even thought about it. You're just here killing and killing and killing. It's like, I'm going to show you the truth of things. I'm going to show you reality. I'm going to show you dick all. Slim cuts his head off. <laughs> oh. Okay, that's pretty good. I was like, what the shit, dude? Like, I was talking to that guy. And he's like, he was a dick. Let's move on. Nice. And he's like, you're the dick. I'm sick of this. Why does this happen every time, everywhere we go? I'm trying to have a conversation, goddammit. And then he's like, well, you know what? We're done here. It's cool. I got a new purpose in life anyway. That guy's whole <laughs> shtick, it's bullshit. I got the shtick, and guess what? It's kind of like your shtick. I want to see Sharon again. Mm. I'm the man of her dreams. I'm her first love. Whoa, whoa, what? I'm, and that's exactly the face that he made. <laughs> He's like, where is this coming from? He's, I got a new purpose. I'm a new man, and the love of my life deserves an apology, okay? So, what is going on with that? Yeah. This is where things kind of take a, a strangely dark turn. This book is already very dark, like yes. black humor, but this is interesting. So, they're, they're throwing rock, paper, scissors. What are they throwing rock, paper, scissors for? Who gets to go back and kill an alternate version of Slim? He wants to kill himself. And he wins. And so he gets to go back and kill the younger version of himself. One of the many. One of the numerous oh, right, parallel right. universes. Fuck, right? Yeah, shit, right. Keep that in mind. Damn. So he is killing it. And it's interesting. So <sighs> this all starts to unravel because they keep getting missions to kill different versions of Slim. And Slim keeps being the guy to kill himself. They go back. He kills him there. He kills him there. He kills him while he's on the john. He kills him <laughs> while he's getting confirmed at, uh, at a church. He kills him while he's at a prom. Right. He's doing the whole thing, dude. He's killing himself all over the timeline. On a plane, on a train, in the rain. Literally. Right. Uh, yeah, in Spain with a moose and a goose. <laughs> you know, like the whole thing. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> eventually, as all stories go, they end up pissed drunk in the street, hanging out. And so this is where we get some interesting information. Their handler, Kyle, reveals that she's down here for an indiscriminate period of time as well. You know, because he's like, why haven't you moved up? Like, what's, What is the deal with the way? He's starting to really put the word, the thought in this. Right, Ever right. since having this conversation with Moore. This is the other heavy's name. And this is where she reveals how, like, she had been trying to help her daughter who was, like, in this crazy amount of pain. And, like, it couldn't make anything better. And she, like, suffered through the whole experience. And this guy's like, sounds like you already went through hell on earth. Just do that, you know? <laughs> and, right? Jeez. And he's like, I'm sure you did everything you could to save your daughter. And she's like, that's right. I smothered that little angel myself. 
And so she, that's what she's here for is because she killed her daughter to put her out of misery. Jeez. Right? And that's exactly the face he made. <laughs> You're right on it, dude. You're dead on it. So it's about time. And literally, he's walking home in purple rain. It nice. says how specifically he's walking home in the purple rain. <laughs> like at the top, it says, as I literally bathe in the purple rain, I start to realize. Okay, that's good. This book has so many great pop culture references. Love so it. we get, boom, another whole reveal of his ghost angel wife or whatever. And we get a little bit of foreshadowing where he says, it seems like I'm the only halfway decent person around here, but you don't meet, know me that well yet. So we don't really know his whole backstory. We know he's an angry cat. Right. We don't know the full extent of things. So here's where the wife is like, I'm chilling in heaven. I want you to come up there. I miss you. He's like, I'll get there as fast as I can. Don't worry about it. And then we just cut back to Slim killing more Slims. But interestingly, this is the Slim who kills more at the beginning of the book of this chapter. All right, dude. So, like, it is no longer a far removed thing. It's no longer young Slim, child Slim, prom Slim. This is, like, Slim from very recently is being killed. And so... Uh, our heavy Bill is, has like a serious problem with this. He's like, "Why are we doing this? Like, why do we keep getting these missions?" He's like, "I'll, you know, like I'll handle it. Like, don't make Slim keep killing himself." And he's like, "You don't understand. Like, this is kind of like the way things are just working. So, we're kind of setting things up. You got to go down this route, but don't worry. I have some. I have a new mission for you that's not having to do with killing Slim anymore." And so he is realizing that as Slim keeps killing these alternate versions of himself, Slim is starting to like slowly realize how much he hates who he used to be and so by realizing he hates his old self who was a piece of shit he's kind of becoming a better person so does he think by killing all the bad versions of himself his prime self will eventually become clean the one style like Jet Li maybe that could be it or maybe it's just the fact that he's doing that is showing him how shitty he used to be Mm, and he hates it Either of us could be right. Right. Both of us could be right. (laughs) What matters more so is we cut to Hitler as president of the United States. And they're gassing out the SS. Jesus Christ. They're just, they're taking names and not stopping. You know, they're doing the whole thing. They're having a great time. We have another like low down about how Slim is just sexually rather unlabeled. Let's just put it that way. He he is fluid and he will mainly is fluid in the sense that anything will be fucked or will fuck him. Slim will get you wet. Slim will get you wet regardless (laughs) of your gender or your gender identity or whatever you want to think you are or who you really is. So we get down to the nitty gritty and then right before they're about to take out, I I was waiting for this to be Donald Trump to be honest because (laughs) the way they're setting this up, I thought for sure it was going to be but instead, we have an interesting change. Slim seems to be getting back to normal. Things are kind of moving in the pace. That's good. And then we get this weird reveal. It's more. Or should I say, a bunch of different mores. The other heavy they went to kill in the first issue. Right. There's a ton of, like, slightly different versions of him from the multiverse. And, they f- and then the last quote is that Bill feels that this is all our fault. So, what is going on in this book? The implication, dude. The implication <laughs> is wild. <laughs> because in the the second time that we see more, before the final time with all the different ones, right. he literally hits the, oh, it's like, oh, you guys are back again, huh? You're doing this whole oh, thing now. Oh, gosh. And so he, there is an awareness here 
that like this is an infinite thing. I thought I was going to ask you about. Do you think the writer is just literally speaking to the concept of like, oh, all these uh, tangential parallel realities, how absolutely silly and convoluted that idea could become when you oh, actually try 100%. to extrapolate that 100%. idea? 100%. That is a huge thing I think that they're playing with here in the, in the nature of, because the silliness of each one just gets more and more obscene. And then the last picture with all the different versions of more, there's like a robo more, a monkey more, right. God tier more, Beerus more, all the fucking different <laughs> moors are just hanging around about to fight them, I guess. Super Saiyan more, Super Saiyan. Exactly. And so they're all there. That's absurd enough as it is. Not even including all the crazy shit we've done before with like evil, you know, fascist Socrates right. and the shit like right. that in the past. Yeah. So, you know, there's definitely on that level of the whole, this is a book about boys and big guns and doing that. There's that whole piss take and, and that satire of things. But there's like an interesting level about, especially with Slim's character, the the commentary of a bad person seeing how bad they were and killing themselves and that making them into a better person mainly doesn't say, but mainly through becoming aware of it. Like right. there's the awareness that you have that you need to form by knowing who you used to be. And then like the cool thing about it with slim, and he's a very interesting character is mm. that like, he's never ashamed of it. Mm. He's not like, He's not ashamed of it who he used to be. He's not afraid of who he used to be, but he hates that he used to be that. Gotcha. And he slowly seems like he wants to be better. Right. And so it's kind of like this, you can't change the things you did. You right. know, you can't you can't unmake the past. You can't unmake the wrongs. But like you need to face them. You need to become aware of your failures. You can't right. hide from them if you want to become a better person. This Slim is like the worst fucking person. It's his fault. Our main character and his wife are dead. Right. And he has a whole life we know has just been full of being a shitty human being. Right. And he's slowly working himself towards being better by very literally killing who he used to be that he didn't like. Right. And that's a metaphorical part of humanity that I think is important too. Killing the ego. Killing the ego. Yeah. Killing the past. Mm -hmm. Become something better. Right. That's the only way you're going to get there. You can't hold on to it. You have to accept it and then handle it and then move on. Right. And that's literally what Slim's doing. And so I'm really interested to see the path that goes down because he now wants to ascend and right. be with Sharon just like – God, I hope his name is Bill because I've been calling this whole <laughs> So I'm really interested to see how this book keeps moving because even though it has that whole like silly veneer, there are some really cool questions being asked. Oh, yeah. This is a cool book. Yes. Cool. Big fan. Totally answer. So can't suggest it enough. Just like this book. Oh, absolutely. Is well, this the last one? This is the swan song, Holy dude. Holy hell. This is it. Four issues of supplemental goodness <laughs> <laughs> of course i'm speaking about spy island number four from the all-star team of let me get all their names creators chelsea kane and leah mertonique uh chelsea kane was the writer leah mertonique on the covers and supplemental art uh lisa mccall on the um interior art overall uh the colorist was rochelle rosenberg letterer joe Car Magana, and there's more supplemental art by Stella Greenvoss, and all these people have been on each book. All right, I gotta stop you. On the back of this book, it says, "Now enjoy orgasms on the go." Yes, yes, that is that is <laughs> directly attached to the back inside of the book. Amazing. Yes. It's, all right, it's I'm sorry. Truly fantastic. Uh, that's <laughs> um, an orgasm is a drink, one part champagne, one part something else. I love it. <laughs> I love it. 
you know, Fire Island also one part champagne, one part something else. Hey, uh, <laughs> this book is ridiculous. Uh, I'm I, I, the mystery is over. I'm spoiling it now. Do it. Um, our our protagonist Nora, her dad, is the bad guy. The mime was the bad guy. Oh God, <laughs> he's a murderer and an artifact thief. We find out that he has been using the sand fleas. Using them. The sand fleas. He <laughs> literally, I was like, the sand fleas. I knew it. <laughs> I had called it. <laughs> sorry. God <laughs> damn it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but the, the, he has been somehow like telepathically or fucking mechanically controlling thousands, millions of sand fleas. And they were doing his like little drilling. They were in the sea doing small dr- <laughs> small drilling exhibitions. Because the Bermuda Triangle is obviously a very like rare undersearched area because of all, you know, the weather effects and stigma around it. So there's a lot of exotic animals and even more potentially exotic artifacts. Which is why her dad was so enticed. <laughs> Amazing. So of course Nora, <laughs> Nora knew this the whole time. She's always had the drop on them. Not only has she always had the drop on them, everyone has had the drop on them. Spy Island has been a ploy to capture her father. All these spies, well not all, most of these spies are here at the request of Nora in order to kind of hook her dad in, implicate him into this big, you know, international underground <laughs> underwater <laughs> crime spree if you if you will um, I guess I will more importantly we get a uh, Freud's view of the human mind via their spy headquarters okay oh love it that's fantastic it's the 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 book refuses to stop. At no point does it quit. Literally. Um, on the back cover, it's r- still going. Literally. Because like, uh, we end with uh, Nora and uh, fake James Bond guy. They're banging. Love it. Oh, love they're it. Just, they're just banging on the boat to, to end this bad boy, as, as you should. Classic. As you should. As you should. Uh, <laughs> 007 hits her with the, do you want another one? Ah, in the previous issue, he was like, "Oh, you want another orgasm?" And she was like, "Nah, I'm fine." Then he like waited a couple minutes, like, "What about now?" Then in the bottom, it was like, "An orgasm is a drink." Right? (laughs) Yeah, amazing. Um, But yeah, like they (laughs) they capture her dad uh, in the silliest way underwater, of course, um, because (laughs) they know that you can't talk when you're underwater. And she was like, um, this is the only time my dad has never had anything to say. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> uh, and then they proceed to speak, which I thought was pretty neat, in sign language. Oh, cool. Speaking sign language, it got a couple couple signs here and there. You can see it on, the, on their characters, but they have the zoom in at the top. Uh, there's another thing. Uh, they woke the Kraken. Oh, sure. Because of the drilling, uh, I just I just felt the need to mention that it wasn't a huge thing. We we meet them, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, it did. <laughs> this is also uh, Chelsea Kane, the writer, taking the piss out of comic books. She had the nerve 
to put in a fucking editor's note. And she was like, the last time the fucking Kraken came out was at the fucking Kraken massacre thing. Remember how we celebrated that every Monday at the fucking Kraken get together? <laughs> and I was like, ah, <laughs> shit, I hate that. That was the, my favorite part of that particular issue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, that's that, that's how it ends. You know, like, like I said, she catches the bad guy with her dad. She gets the dude who's a chotch. But at the end of the day, this book nice. is fantastic. Like four issues, short, sweet, murderous, a murder mystery, but not really at all. Love this, it. This is a comedy. This is a a take on comic books. Um, this is a take on comic book art, more or less. And it was ten out of ten. Fantastic. Like if you have never read a comic book. Read this. If you really like comic books and you're looking for something to spice it up, read this. I nice. Check this out. Spy out. Spiling, man. Fantastic. Came, saw it, conquered. It's gone. It's all you need Brilliant. sometimes. Yeah, true. Speaking of what you need, we'll move into the things you guys need to get this week. And hey. the book's coming out this week. What do we got? What do we got? Anything crazy? I got Venom 31, which I mentioned earlier from the King in Black. So if you guys are keeping up with that, I think that's the first tying up right uh marauder 16 oh god it's been so long since i've read an x-men book that's not extra swords related (laughs) (laughs) it's been months so i'm I'm excited to see i guess remember what the fuck was happening right uh oh shit got crossover number two hey oh donny cates kills everybody felt like nice (laughs) everyone's upset donny cates defeats the marvel universe right Uh, we got Guardians of the Galaxy number nine, which looks we- oh my god, that better not be Starlo on the cover. I don't need that right now. <laughs> we got another one of those dark multiverse uh, books. This one uh, taking a crack at Flashpoint. Brian oh. Hitch is writing and drawing this. That's neat. Yeah, so that should be interesting. We got a- another death metal tie-in. The uh, last stories of the DC universe. I forget what that one's supposed to be about. I'll have to reference. Got the first issue of Sword, which is of course the sister agency of Shield, which we covered on a. Oh, uh, I know it is. <laughs> God damn it! Um, that's gonna that's a new uh, book by Al Ewing. Um, another cosmic book. Uh, it seems like they just found a reason to send Magneto off into space because that's what it is: is Magneto and some tertiary space Get characters there. that only Al Ewing knew before writing this. Um, so I'm probably going to read that. That's probably going to be good. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fantastic. Uh, we got the first issue of that Batman black and white anthology series. That's right. So let's see who's first on tap for this one. Oh, wow. There is. Okay. This this is a lot. So in the very first issue, we're going to get a story by uh, Tynan and Trad Moore. We're getting a the return of J.H. Williams. Oh, cool. Right? Uh, a story by Emma Rios. A story by Paul Dini and Andy Kubert. Nice. That should be fucking sick. Uh, about Man Bat. Ooh. So that's already the one. That's easily the one. 100%. Uh, G. Willow Wilson and Greg Smallwood on the Killer Croc story. I'm starting to remember this now. Neat. Uh, I hate that that was the one that triggered my memory. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm um, yeah. And then the cover is by Greg Capullo. Love the standard cover. And there's a whole bunch of other cool covers as you would probably suspect for for something like this. It's Batman. It's got to be at least a half dozen covers. It was literally seven. Yep. Um, there you go. Speaking of seven, seven secrets number five. Hey, coming out this week. 
Um, Superman Endless Winter Special Number One. I think this is the first tie-in of the Endless Winter event. So if you were interested in that, or if you, I think the next Justice League Winter Special, that's like the direct following of what right. you read, isn't for another couple weeks. Sure. Um, but this will be tying into that, of course. Um, oh. Speaking of tie-ins, we got the King and Black Namor tie-in, of course, which is a directly linked to the Atlantis Attacks number five, which is also a King and Black tie-in. So please skip those. <laughs> <laughs> we got a uh, Norse mythology number three. There it is. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there it is. There's the money. Uh, Mighty Morphin number two. Nice. N- not to be confused with Power Rangers. <laughs> um, Sweet Tooth number two. Oh, cool. Red Mother number 11. Oh, shit. Got a new one from Image. We've talked about this a couple times on uh, some previous pods. Homesick Pilots that I will be checking out just because I like the vibe. To be honest, a uh, creepy haunted California house story. Oh, that's right. I remember you talking about that. Mm-hmm. Giga number two. Wow. I feel like oh, it's cool. been, a, been a minute since that one. Uh, excited for that one. Lonely Receiver number four. Oh, God. Oh, God. The penultimate issue of that. Heroes at Home from Marvel is going to be this fun little series of books where we show you what your favorite Marvel characters are doing at home because finally your writers do not care. Yeah. <laughs> so that should be fun. Sleeping Beauty's number four. Did you drop that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought you did. Um, the Devil's Red Bride number three will be coming out. Oh, new one from Scout Comics. I'm not sure this will be at Emerald City, but uh, in case you guys get Scout Comics wherever you are, Sam and his talking gun will be coming out. We talked about this for a, a brief moment, but it's, it's a dude whose gun talks to him. That's pretty cool. I, I actually sounds that's something kind of cool. I'm about it. And I want to say, yep, yep, that's it. That's it for the stuff that we've been tracking, new stuff that we think you guys should look out for. There's some Spider-Man stuff here and there about, but who who who's, who knows? Indeed, indeed. What are you looking forward to this week? Norse mythology. Nice. Easy. Cut and dry, easy peasy. How about yourself? It feels like Seven Secrets because I right. Yeah, I want to say we're either nearing the end of this arc, or this is the end of the arc, or I don't know what I'm talking about, but there's <laughs> just a whole bunch of shit that's nice. been happening <laughs> um, in this book, and I feel like we need some kind of some yeah. kind of button on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just been popping off. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's all we got. We got the news, cover the topic of the day, which will, of course, this is a preview to uh, next week, which will be the full um, year-end uh, podcast where we'll talk about you know best comics, best creators, best variant covers, pointless tie-ins, useless character developments, right. convoluted retcons. Animals. Animals title cards oh yeah literally all your favorite things but while we compile all that data remember to keep, keep on, on comic, comic booking, booking nerds, nerds. Woo! <laughs>